I used to produce movies. One critic called them European. I thought they were shit. Bullshit! We do not make B pictures here at Capitol. So it's kind of a psychic political thriller comedy with a heart. But it doesn't make any sense, okay? It's fucking stupid. Okay, there actually has to be something that happens that's actually funny. Now, what is the one thing if you put it in a movie, it'll be successful? Tits. That is funny. <laughs> I can take you through it step by step, explaining why your story stinks. But I won't insult your intelligence. There ain't no goddamn taste. Ain't no goddamn motion picture. Why are you still in character? I'm a star, I'm a star, I'm a star. Man, we're so good at podcasting. No, we're not. Why would you say that? I don't know. Because just just in the riffs that have that have fallen through the cracks, like tears in the rain. That's that's that thing. I almost said tears in the sand, which I guess also kind of fits because when you cry in the sand. It evaporates really quickly, so it goes away. So tears in the sand kind of works. How much are you crying that it's like making it to the sand? Look at normally cries you... on the face. What? No, you cry on the beach. Are you describing a real experience? No, I don't think so. It's entirely above. Well, okay, okay, okay. But what if you're I trying? Just, I just no, 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 no. We're not going deeper down the tears in the sand. <laughs> I, which I think is great proof of you're wrong about us being good at this. Because like just a, just a second before we hit record, we were having like a good, funny conversation, and then I hit record, and you immediately fuck up <laughs> because you go into podcast mode. And you're like, it's time for me to like make a point. No, I'm no, I'm genuinely like, no, like if you're bent over crying on the beach. I don't know why you thought that was an invitation to like double down on this shit. I get it. Like if under some circumstance you are weeping so profusely at the beach, you have like <laughs> streaming off your face like a fucking river. And they land yep. in the sand. Yes, it's going to evaporate relatively quickly in that scenario. So the phrase would work. I mean, so I feel like this is kind of just an like an Occam's razor situation. We're like, yes, if you want to say like tears on the sand and then explain what you mean, you're more than welcome to do so. But you could also just say tears in the rain and have people automatically understand and also be like quoting a memorable thing that like people say to each other sometimes, you know, the Rutger Hauer hive is out in force, you know, quoting Blade Runner constantly. <laughs> the Rutger, the Rutger Hauer yeah. Man, I would love to be a part of the, who would be the Rutger Hauer hives like enemy? Who's um, the K-Hives enemy besides, I guess, everyone, every, every single person? Humanity. Um, <laughs> uh, um, but um, who's, who's Rutger Hauer's enemy? Um, I don't know. I mean, so who's the 
Udo Kier, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, that kind of fits, actually. Yeah, that'd be it, yeah. competing for a lot of the same real estate. That's true, that's true. Yeah, no, yeah, Udo Kier. Uh, I'm going to Udo kill you. <laughs> All right. I'm going to start saying tears in the sand and see how long it takes for someone to correct me. I bet you I can get pretty far. It's already happened. <laughs> no, but that, 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 you don't count. You're constantly looking for ways to put me down like a dog. No, like all I've done, folks, all I've done recently, all I've done recently on Twitter, besides be misogynistic and playfully homophobic, besides those, all I've done is try to get my friend Rob followers. And all he does is say no Stop doing this. No, I don't want any followers. No, these people are weird and, and, are, and are telling me about their violent intrusive thoughts. See, uh, see you, I, I don't want followers. I want like, I had like 15 followers, which is perfect. I want like three likes on a post from like people I know. That gives me the level of endorphin hit that I need without like people trying to like talk to me which I don't, mm -hmm. and I don't even follow most of my friends on Twitter. I have you muted because every <laughs> time I look at your account, I lose a little bit of the very precious respect that I have for you. You know? It's, it's What's like, so bad about my account? <laughs> so bad about my account. Okay, so it's like 90% just like, damn, had a great sandwich for lunch. <laughs> Okay, like, I, and that I can live with. I don't want to yeah. see, I would still have you muted, but that doesn't, like, do anything to affect my opinion of you. That's just, I don't care about this. I don't really, yeah. I have no desire to read 800 of these tweets a day. But yeah. then, then you get to a tweet that's, like, just you being all you can be in terms of, I don't even want to say it. Like, I don't want it to be recorded on you. I don't want to be associated with it. It just, you get weird about women and 8 million other things. <laughs> my, my favorite one I posted recently. You don't, need to say it. You, can, you don't need to say it. I, I want to say it. Okay. What's it called? I posted a, a GIF or, or a GIF, if you will, of, uh, of, um, of, 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 of the, the mom from the uh, Incredibles. Uh, I almost said the Fantastics. But yeah, the Incredibles, and I just and uh, and the uh, caption was, "Ooh, pulling my little slug to this," and so that's kind of a taste of what you're getting on my Twitter, um, because I knew it would upset people. That's that is far from the worst of it. I I like only like once once every three weeks or so, click on your Twitter for like five minutes to be like, should I unmute you? And. <laughs> The answer is all, it takes like 30 seconds to get to something like resounding, no, do not yep. hear again. And that's, that is nothing. If it was just you being like horrifically horny in the, just the most upsetting ways, that would be like one thing. I mean, you know, every, everyone is tempted to like get horny on Maine sometimes. Like when that like fucking mm -hmm. Jennifer Connolly photo was going around, like, yes. I want, like, I almost tweeted at NATO, can you airstrike me? Like over a <laughs> of that. Which, like, you know, I, I, I was kind of funny. You know, it probably needs a little <laughs> the wording, needs a little work. But, you know, like, I thought the sentiment was a little funny. Was like, I don't need to post about how horny I am for, you know, Jennifer Connolly on here, you know. Um, but who could blame you? I, no, I mean, I'm speaking God's truth. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I showed I showed that picture. I showed that one that went like really viral. I showed it to Emily. I was like, look at this. Yeah. That's the one I'm talking about. I mean, it's yeah. truly like I need to be beheaded right now just to calm down. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. I think we actually talked to each other about it when it came yeah. out. Because we were just, I, it yeah. legitimately like upset the balance of my life for a couple days. Yeah. Yeah. I like kept, I like kept going back on Twitter just to look at it and like, just like, and just go like, and just, and just do nothing. He didn't like jerk off to it or something like that. I'm not 13. Right. But I just, just to go, man. And that was it. That was it. And then I started quote tweeting that uh, thing uh, whenever they'd post something that wasn't Jennifer Connelly. And I just would say, uh, uh, no, go back to Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. She's so hot. She's so unbelievably hot. You think Jared Leto smashed? I hope not. Right? Like, more than... I've never wanted something to have happened less. You know? Yeah. There's been, like, like that violence done to entire peoples that would be, like... Yeah. It's easier to live with than the idea of Jared Leto smashing. Hard, hard agree. Yeah. Hard agree. You... No, he tried. I think our only saving grace is that is that she might have been a little old for him. All right. Well, I think that's good. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that you're wrong, but I think that's a good point to transition. I don't know. I mean, I say that, but like, I feel like this is going to be a loose episode. Like, I'm just going to throw this out there now. I am like less prepared for this episode than I have been for like any we have recorded in a long time. Rob, Rob, I'm going to throw this out there and say, considering the movie I assigned, totally fair. And honestly, considering the movie you assigned, totally fair. No, I mean, for mine, uh, uh, there's, there's some stuff to talk about. For yours, I do have one juicy little tidbit that you're going to, I think, really appreciate when we get to it. But, um, That's so funny. I actually have a juicy little tidbit on yours. Okay, interesting. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, we can, we can you know, talk... We, we might as well just dive in at this point. So real quick, you know, this is a, a film podcast. It's called You're Gonna Hate It. Um, every week we each, or month, I, I keep forgetting that we switched to like monthly like a year ago at this point, but. Yeah, yeah. But, know. but in our defense, we do in, in what we do once a month, we do once a month, but the equivalent of what other podcasts, weekly podcasts do in a month. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We, we, we but like we were doing like this length of podcasts like every week for a while. every week every week every which like i guess slightly not entirely uninsane but slightly less insane when we lived together when it was literally just okay you ready to go okay i'm here anyway you know what i mean yeah 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 but yeah but anyway um we, the idea is we assign each other movies that we think the other one is going to hate because we have very different tastes in movies although it, we started off that way but like i have like definitively like converted. yeah you've won you have, you have gone clear um, I, I i i fucking i have to the point that like i i i i have like a hard time relating to people <laughs> <laughs> now you know my life <laughs> No, I have like this. I have the smallest understanding of it, and I'm just like, no, no, I just don't get it. No. 
We also should probably give our names. My name is Rob, and his name. My name is Matt. That is true. His name is Matt. Um, so anyway, yep. um, our first film is always. I don't know why. Why I'm like, I, I just go through the motions of this spiel. Like I don't. I don't know that Aaron is even listening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you might have no listeners, but I still enjoy doing this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Fu- I would have never watched this movie if you had. A, if you hadn't ever signed it. And. I wouldn't, I, I probably, I was going to say I wouldn't have There's it. no way you would have ever, no one should have watched the movie I assigned. The movie that you, yeah, no, um, I don't, I wouldn't have been aware of its existence if not for you. Um, I don't know how I, oh no, I remember. I'll, I'll talk about how I was aware of it. Yeah, we can, we can get to that when we get to your movie. We do mine first. We do some, we, we eat, our, like, you know, um, we eat our vegetables first, um, like good mm-hmm. little boys, and then we mm-hmm. eat our big piles of shit. <laughs> so anyway the first film my selection for the month is the uh german expressionist silent masterpiece uh from uh 1920 exactly okay i was gonna say 21 i'm always off by one year um yeah it's, it's the weirdest trend although you've been like spot on recently but anyway yeah 1920 yeah. uh the director by hans reamer it's not directed by Hans Reimer. It's I actually forget, forget, forget the guy. I believe it. Oh, fuck. This is I, I looked him up earlier. See, I, I told you I have done less preparation for this than I have. Um, I have a very funny backstory for the director. Uh, uh, Robert. It's spelled like wine, but I'm gonna guess it's Vina. Um, it's some, who cares? And written by Hans Janowitz and Karl Meyer. Um, the Cabinet nope. of Dr. Caligari. Roll the trailer, which I have no idea what that's going to sound like. But there, there's... Oh, okay, okay, okay. We'll be quiet. There, there's definitely going to be a trailer. They'll always edit together. How, how could there be a trailer? No, no, no. So when they're doing like... there's On YouTube, there's always at least some trailer, even for like old, old movies old foreign movies that would probably not have had an original run trailer. I don't, I don't know when trailers became a thing. That's not like part of my film knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's entirely possible that before a silent feature like this, they might have played coming attractions. I don't know, but regardless, um, if a company has ever put this out on DVD or if any like, you know, major like um, yeah. film center has ever um, like had like a, a public screening of it if there's ever been a major restoration which i know there has been of this yeah that's when i watched some sort of trailer put out um which i imagine will just be like a minute of like sort of ambient music um you're probably yeah. not hear any words because it's a silent film um yep so enjoy your next minute of kraut rock or whatever <laughs> yeah roll the trailer
All right, welcome back from the Popova or whatever. Um, yeah, whatever the fuck that. Yeah, the music in this movie is so fucking weird. So I mean, you mean the, the music in whatever version you watched? Because you know, there's not what there's not a set score. Silent. What? Because it, Matt, it's a silent movie. It had live accompaniment. Um, what? That's that's usually how they did it. Yeah. I mean that's that's why when you that way, really I mean that's why when you see like you know a, like a Charlie Chaplin or a Buster Keaton movie there would be like you know someone playing ragtime that's just because you know most silent theaters would just have a dude playing the piano to match up with the music and a lot of the times when you go to a silent movie if it's like a you know a significant like it, like I've been to sh- I, I, this is you know a related film to. Um, uh, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. It's from the same German Expressionist movement, uh, Metropolis by Fritz Lang, a very like famous like 20s you know German Expressionist silent movie. I, I saw that at the AFI, and they had wow. like, a live organist playing along with it, you know, giving it the sort of creepy, um, you know, score. But like it's not it's not like they had like a dude write up an official score. And what was did you think they just like rolled out a phonograph and like put a record on and played it while the movie? Yep. Was yep. Yep, yep, that's what I thought happened. Yep, that's exactly what I thought happened. Yep. It's entirely possible that like in some cases they did do that, but I don't for like the most part they were not like writing a score to go along with it. No, oh, okay. So they were lazy. Uh fun fact, uh they originally wanted Fritz Lang to direct this. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. They wanted Fritz Lang to direct this, and then pretty quickly they were just like like the writers were just like, he wants to do something completely different. We're, no, no, we hate it. No. And then so, and then Fritz was like, "I'm gonna make another movie." And then they were like, "Good, you should." There you go. Um, Except oh, that was all in German. Yeah, they were they were speaking German um, because they're German, and this was in. Um, yep. We'll start off with a little context, but I'm gonna like I'm gonna do some meta context on this first, um, because normally I like to come in here having done an insane amount of research. Well, not, I mean, not an insane amount. Like, you know, we're talking. No, about, no, we can say insane. We can say insane. I mean, it's like Wikipedia level research. Plus, I'll maybe read a few essays or whatever. Um, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Okay. For, for what we are doing, you know, just two dudes talking is, yes, insane. But, you know, I like this stuff. This, you love this shit. I like yeah. this. I, I, you don't have to convince me to do that. I enjoy doing it, you know. It's yeah. nice for me to have an excuse to nerd out on something that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. like for, you know, a professional podcast that was dealing with like legitimate film history, you know, you'd expect a little more. Um, than like a quick work yeah. research. Um, but that's not what we are. So fuck you. Nope. Um, nope. As always, exactly. you're wrong for listening to this. You should not be doing it. What is wrong with your life? Um, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But oh man, this podcast is going to really take off when you have twenty thousand Twitter followers. I can't wait. I'm not tweeting about this shit. Um, but I'm going to tweet about it. I'm going to quote tweet you and say, "Juice this, Rob. Juice this." But over um, and over again. So I did not do this for this movie. Um, I did. I did no real research. And like, this is a movie that, like, if you were a film major as I was, you're going to talk about it like in at least one class, probably several. Um, hmm? Like, I have a lot of, like, vestigial knowledge that I can draw on from, like, five to ten years ago. Um, but, and I had, like, all this shit queued up in terms of what I was going to do. You know, I have, I have like, 
six tabs open on my, not six, like four tabs open on my phone of like articles that I was planning to read. Um, and like there were two or three movies also from this movie that I was planning to catch up with that I hadn't seen just for like some additional context, which is another insane thing that I usually like to do. Mm-hmm. I just didn't do it because this month, you know, I, I've got, I had the end of my grad school class. I turned in uh, a final paper on Wednesday and the end of my semester teaching as well. And just like turned in all my final grades today. And so between those two things, I did not have a lot of extra time to do anything. Um, at which, hold on, that is actually a lie. My plan was, um, I was gonna get off work today. I was coming down to DC for, to uh, dog sit for my friend, Tim. I was gonna you know, take a little bit of time and you know, maybe take an hour and read through some of those articles just to prep a little bit. And instead, I got to his apartment found that they had a pool on the roof and just jumped in the pool for a little bit and then sat by the pool for like an hour or two just reading a stupid sci-fi novel and smoking a big fucking cigar and thinking about how oh, cool. I have to talk to another teenager for two months. <laughs> so cool. So honestly, honestly, Rob, bro, for how fucking hard you've been working, you deserve that. You know what's so funny? I, I don't regret it. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. You know what's so funny? I actually did read the Wikipedia for this. I actually did research. You might have more information than I do. Um, yeah. Do you want to know why I did it? Because you didn't understand the movie. Yes, yes. You 100%. Yeah, you got it. I, we got to the ending and I was like, wait, what happened? And I'll admit, a lot of that is because I was on my phone for a lot of this movie because I kept forgetting it was a silent movie. Um, which, you know, listen, for a lot of people, you'd be like, Matt, how did you forget it's a silent movie? You've been watching it and they're not talking. And to you, I say, you're well, not me. I have, or I haven't been watching it. How would I know? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> I also like that your defense is... You know, I, I was looking at my phone, which was a problem because it was a silent movie. If they had been talking in German, it would have been fine. No, no, but you know, you know that this is the thing I struggled with because when we watched, what was that Russian movie you had me watch? Um, fucking color of pomegranates, wings. No, no, not no, not those. I liked those. Yeah. No, the 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 one, the the last one you did. Mirror. About the mirror. Yeah. Yeah, I kept, yeah, I kept, I, I had to keep restarting it because I kept getting 20 minutes in and I would be like, oh, wait, yeah, that's right. I don't actually speak Russian. Right. I understood two words they said. Even if they were speaking English, it's hard to follow a film if you're on the phone the whole time. Yeah, easy for me. I'm used to it. <laughs> but You're going to miss some of the nuance at the very least. Um, uh, I got it. Uh, anyway, so that's that's my personal excuse, but let's see. I, I still think it's worth doing some context anyway. And we're gonna see between the two of us how much context we can um milk out of this thing and how much genuine discussion yep. of what is legitimately a very significant film from a very significant film movement. Um, yeah, nope. 
Um, I think, and actually, I think this is this movie is a good excuse to indulge in a little bit of one of our other favorite distractions, which is sort of accidentally turning this occasionally into a history podcast because that's also yep. something we nerd out about. Because I mean, you yep. can't really talk about German expressionism without talking about you know the Weimar Republic and World War One because I mean it's mm-hmm. a it's inextricably i mean all movies are inextricably linked to their time period but like this one in particular um yeah like it is yeah i don't know how you could walk away from this movie and not have the impression of oh these dudes were fucked up by world war one yeah 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 i think i think both writers i know at least one of the writers was a veteran i think both of them might have been and but i know that they were both committed pacifists yeah. Uh, because of World War One, because they saw what happened in World War One, and were like, "This sucks," and uh, and and that was like their own like personal politics, and like they wrote this movie very much like, I think, and like, and yeah, that's the thing, like, like, like it cannot be stated enough how much World War One, like the effect it had on the psyche of of just every country that fought, and even America, where there were no battlefields here, but like. But like you get, but what do they call that generation from World War One? Uh, the Lost Generation. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they felt fucking lost afterwards. They yeah. were America was in the war for nine months, and 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 in nine months, almost as many American servicemen died as did during the entirety of the Vietnam War. Are oh, now? It's more. Is it? Yeah, I believe it's about a hundred thousand in World War One, um, compared with like sixty or seventy for Vietnam. Yeah. I think I think fifty-eight thousand is the agreed upon number for Vietnam. Almost as many American servicemen died in nine months of World War Two as died in Vietnam or, combined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. It 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 was a fucking and 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 America came off like light compared to like Germany where you have millions dead France you have millions dead because the what what World War 1 was was World War 1 was 19th century tactics with 20th century weaponry and gas so this this was a right that scarred Europe both geographically and psychologically people came back from this deformed and fucked up both physically and mentally in a way that just had not happened in previous wars. Right. And on a scale that had not happened in previous wars. And I mean, Uh, like, obviously the the combat itself was horrific, you know, it was the, the first, it was, I mean, it was the advent of industrial warfare on a real scale, mm -hmm. you know, where it's really just a a pure charming house. Um, Yeah. And, um, in ways like even though the body count was lower in ways i think it was more horrific than world war ii um yeah just because of the the, the sort of stagnant futility of it where like you're not even yeah. really accomplishing anything it's purely just throwing men at a meat grinder not you know taking any territory or moving the lines most of the time just a pure war of attrition like whoever just runs out of dudes first loses um yeah and red on the home front that's the other really important thing for germany in particular i mean all of the the major powers were affected by this but in germany in particular like there was real like really the reason that they lost is there was just you know 
one, they were out of out of men, but also, you know, there was like they were on the verge of mass starvation at home. Just, you know, yeah. I mean, it completely broken down. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, it should be pro- like, 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 like the Allied forces did not make it into Germany. Like, yeah, like Germany just was like, okay, we're done, right? And then, and then in the aftermath, then in the aftermath, the Allied powers completely punish Germany, go over the top, punishing Germany um, uh, economically, uh, geographically, like just, 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 like, like the Weimar Republic or the Weimar Republic was not a fun place to be. But even, I mean, I think, and I think that's significant because even more than the, uh, or not necessarily even more, but in addition to the, you know, the, the sort of shock to the system of how horrific the combat was, like it was also, even for people who weren't directly involved, such a shock in terms of completely shaking the board in terms of European society, you know, that, yeah. um, that it really represented the end of, you know, this aristocratic system that had governed Europe for centuries. Um, mm-hmm. People talk, you know, there's this sort of popular historical term of idea of the long 19th century. Um, yeah. Sort of beginning with the French Revolution and ending, which was, I mean, the, like the Napoleonic Wars were like the sort of the, the worst like international conflict that had existed up to that point, like excluding maybe the Thirty Years War yeah 19th century um and the like casual and that was you know the napoleonic wars are kind of the first total wars but even then like the numbers of casualties were massive or still significantly lower than in world war one but but even like even beyond that like you know this this whole idea of the long 19th century is you know sort of the last um the slow and um piecemeal degradation of you know, so essentially feudalism, you know, it's sort of last yeah. that, you know, whatever remnants of, you know, this aristocratic system sort of in, in fits and starts slowly being undone. Um, and then all at once with World War One, you know, where the yeah. last great monarchies in Europe all collapse. Um, yeah. You know, um, the, the German Empire, the Austro-Hungarian Empire, Paris, Russia, um, the Ottomans, yeah. um, they are—they are yeah. all gone by the end of it. And even yeah. the yeah. democratic societies before the before the war, you know, the UK and France, um, they were also irrevocably changed. You know, yeah, yeah. The Russians, yeah, well, yeah, 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 Every, yeah. everything is shaken up. You know, the whole social order is completely upended by the war. Um, so even take like even discounting the the horrendous suffering within the war, like you know, there was there was also just this massive massive psychological and social shock in terms of you know the old world is dead. You know, we are living in a new industrial capitalist society. You know that yeah. that no one understands yet. Um, and that is yeah. different and frightening um, and, you know, feels disordered. I mean, Germany, all, all of the um, major powers experience a lot of political upheaval. You know, the, the French government between the two world wars changes hands like almost like almost as many times between two wars as there are years. You know, yeah. It's, 
uh, and then and the same is true in I mean not and Germany was also incredibly disruptive you know the, the Weimar system although democratic was not stable you know um, obviously there's the you know <clears throat> hyperinflation early on which com- uh-huh. completely destroys what was already a very degraded economy um, you know there are um, you know like you said there are all these sort of um, sort of insults to the national honor, you know, beyond just like the reparations payments they were forced to make, you know, France and Belgium come in and occupy parts of Germany, you know, like including the Ruhr Valley, which was like sort of its most yeah. industrially productive zone. You know, they're not really allowed to have an army, you know, they're forced to. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Also- uh, I, Go ahead. Oh, no, 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 I just, I just want to add also, I believe at the end of World War One. What you also saw was specifically in Germany, since this is a German movie, like like you saw like like a um, where was it? It was in Munich, right? You saw a a a a, a short lived uh, communist revolution in oh, Munich. In in many places. Um, oh, in many places, yeah. But Munich is where it happened the biggest, right? That was where the Spartacists were, right? Oh, I I can look it yeah. up. I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which was which which was almost successful, and then. Violently put down by, um, by, by, by actually largely was, by mostly in, in Berlin. Oh, mostly in Berlin. Okay, okay, okay. But, I mean, uh, uh, but then, the Spartacist epicenter was. But again, I mean, there were communist revolts all over Germany. That's all over. In large yeah. part, I mean, what ended the war? You know, a, a sort of yeah. quasi left wing uh, sailors uprising. In, yeah. Fuck, I can't remember the name of the town now, but you know where they where they sort of have their yeah. Own, I know the one you're talking about. Where, where Germany has its major like Baltic naval base. Um, there's a you know it's right in at the end of the war in November. Konenberg? I think you're right. Yeah, but yeah, uh, which becomes which becomes hilariously. I believe I believe that's what became Kaliningrad. I think you're right. Um, yeah, which is Russia. Uh, no, but <laughs> no. Um, uh, we're not making any Russian nationalist statements here. Uh, what's it called? But anyway. Yeah, no, no. But then, but then, and, and then that was put down by these um, disaffected, um, um, uh, uh, these disaffected World War, German World War I veterans at the behest of, I believe, the SPD, what's it called? These, these, these groups of these paramilitaries that rose up called the Fry Corps, what's it called? Who are, who are basically, who basically are the kind of, lay the groundwork for who become and many of them themselves do become eventually brown shirts yeah uh so 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 what we start so what we're starting to see is we're starting to see the first uh kind of buds of what eventually becomes fascism uh and i mean that that kind of defines german politics for the whole like decade Mm -hmm. plus of the weimar era like this you know yeah sort of very unstable like core but also like extreme left and right parties it, yeah like real opportunities for control vying at the margins you know high like well represented in the um in the parliament um yeah you know often like clashing violently um and violent yeah in the streets it was a very unstable politi- time politically yeah yeah I, th- I think until the nazis actually take power in 33 like yeah, because you have the brown shirts, and then you have the Rotter Mein Kampf Bund, or, or no, not Mein Kampf Bund, but 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 it's it's something. It's like the red, 
basically you have basically a communist version of the brown shirts and they and like rob said they're just openly there's just war in the like they are there is a a, a small-scale shooting war in the streets of major german towns between uh between communists and fascists right and also and also and also i even think like some of like the liberal parties had like paramilitaries too like there was just war there was a small civil war in germany throughout the weimar republic i mean basically every political party has some sort of like brawler arm basically um yeah and there are like other fascist groups like they're you know or quasi-fascist groups like the steel helmets um, which are also yeah. you know they're not a lot of sort of nazi adjacent also a lot of world war one veterans you know yeah just there's yeah. a lot of wild shit happening which also coincides with this moment of like sort of political and social liberalization um yes where um you know it's in a lot of especially the more urban places and germany is a very urban city or nation at this time like you know there's you know they have a kind of sexual revolution you know they, they go through the whole like roaring 20s the same way the u.s did in a lot of ways you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I think, I think that kind of i think something like that happened in almost every country that fought in world war one I. I think uh, i think you also see that to a to maybe a less um known degree but i think you also do see that in like france and england too um what's it called yeah i mean uh, there, but yeah there is this sort of almost quasi nihilistic hedonism in the wake of world war one which mm-hmm. um which i mean you don't want to i don't i don't want to make it sound like you know people only want to fuck you know when society is breaking down people always want to fuck and you know it's it's nice that they were allowed to um mm-hmm. except the japanese okay well this is why I won't follow you on Twitter, um, but uh, but uh, but like, you know, I mean, it was it was wasn't I mean, like to the the extent that like you know there were you know like um, parallels to like flapper girls, you know, liberated women. You know, it wasn't uncommon for there to be like out homosexuals in like mm-hmm. um, F.W. Murnau, one of the other major directors of the German Expressionist movement, who directed a. Uh, most famously, at least in terms of his German work, Nosferatu. Um, uh, he was gay, I believe, openly. Um, yeah. You know, it was it was a more liberal time at the same time. Like it, you have this really wild, weird cocktail happening in Germany where like, it, it feels like the society, which I mean, again, is in a lot of ways the most advanced in Europe. You know, it's the most industrialized, um, when the economy is working, it's the biggest economy in Europe, you know, it's biggest by population, you know, it really is the center of Europe in a lot of ways, um, which is part of why the, like, uh, the Bolsheviks pinned so many hopes on a successful German revolution as being like, that's the, we need to cement, you know, the victory of communism, because we can't, you know, we, they didn't really think they could do it alone in the USSR, they needed Germany, and, you know, yeah, long run they were right um yeah and, and and it's funny once they once germany failed that's when you see major policy shift within the ussr to like okay we got to get our shit together fuck they didn't do it fuck we need to really get our shit together yeah 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 like like that's how important germany like 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 what happening like what would happen in germany would have ramifications across europe basically yeah. like yeah it, 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 it's a big deal germany's a big deal in europe but anyway, so to pivot 
towards how it affects the art world, art world a little bit. I mean, you see in Germany, I mean, again, you see this in, in different ways and to different degrees in all of the powers who participated in World War I, you know, this strong artistic reaction to the conflict, you know, you get mm -hmm. um, like everywhere, you get like anti-war poetry becoming popular. Um, mm -hmm. Also mm -hmm. like, uh, you also get in a way that reflects sort of the social breakdown you know, to put it bluntly, um, although I don't, I don't know that's quite the right term because I mean, there's, you know, it's not like the society ceased functioning. It just took on a very different form. Um, yeah. But to you, just to use the word breakdown for simplicity's sake, you get like a corresponding like artistic breakdown where you get like the rise of modernist literature coming out of World War One specifically, where you get guys like you know, T.S. Eliot, like completely breaking apart, like what a poem is supposed to be. Um, and, you know, reforming it into something like completely new and aggressive and um, dark and um, the word that's coming to mind is godless. Um, you know, cause I mean, that's, that's really a lot of what modernist poet, the modernist art breaks down. <clears throat> its most essential level like you know we've just experienced this thing like i don't know how you can square with the existence of a um a loving creator um so what what does life mean in the absence of that um and trying to find some meaning beyond that and you know you see that in like in in hemingway and um um yeah yeah, it, just all over the artistic scene, you get like the whole modernist scene is kind of born out of that reaction. Um, yeah, and yeah. In Germany in particular, you get the rise of, um, you know, again, sort of similarly, similarly like aggressive and um, just wildly new and challenging art forms. Like, you know, you get, like this Dadaism, you know, which just sort of like um, posits like all art as kind of a, you know, a middle finger. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. Did that mostly rise in Germany? I thought that was mostly a French. Um... Uh, it is. I mean, it was big in France. You do see it a lot in Germany too. Um, okay. I I, I, and I mean, there are guys that like, I don't know if they would be like qualified, like, again, like I, I've, I took AP art history in high school, but like I'm I'm not an art historian, but like you, mm -hmm. so my my like you know, um, I don't know that I'm getting the right genus on everything, but you, I mean you get like guys like Otto Dix painting these like, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, Otto, like, um, yeah, of like World War One guys who look like you know fucking vultures you know yeah yeah auto auto dicks a, a veteran of world yeah. war one yeah. yeah 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 like just just a man if folks if you don't know auto dicks look up auto dicks's art and just if you want to see like what world war one did to like and i don't even think he was like a stormtrooper just to like an average soldier that, that fought in it right look up auto dicks you know what i mean that is a haunted man yeah, but I, I, I absolutely. Um, and like he, you know, there's, he's just 
one of the most memorable memorable names of a whole movement of guys mm -hmm. like as with like modernist literature seem to have this mission of like you know we need to break down old yeah. forms of art you know that like yeah um fucking something needs to change something needs to give something this can't this we can't just keep painting fucking landscapes and writing about whatever old bullshit like 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 yeah like like there was a there was a hunger and and i would say almost a, like a mission to fundamentally change the the like 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 the the i mean the the fundamental artistic the, like the fundamental language of artistic expression Yes, exactly. Like, yes, you had like started to see that even prior to World War One. In like you know the impressionists are like you know mm -hmm. the first like big move away from like realism. I mean, you get that with the Romantics a little bit, but it's you know you're still yeah. you're still yeah but like it, with the impressionists you really start to get to like you know maybe art doesn't have to just be attempting to recreate reality. You know maybe we can yeah. you know um employ some element of subjectivity you know try and give you a like a sense of something deeper within reality you know represent something yeah. um its soul or something or its essence you know rather than its yeah. reality um but then like after world war one you take those ideas and you like turn them on their fucking head and like you know turn it into a nightmare you know um yeah we need we need to break the old box, but like the flowers that bloom out of that are not roses; it's weeds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which finally brings us to German expressionism, the film movement that the cabinet of Dr. Caligari is representative of, um, which is like a really significant movement in the history of of art. Um, of, mm -hmm. um, in that it is and like again like it's it's not the only um like post-world war one film movement to like try and get away from just depicting reality as it exists you know you, you get the surrealists around the same time who are like trying to like you know capture the language of dreams you know with guys like dali and uh our first guy um fuck now i am uh like, oh uh, exterminating angel um yeah yeah uh, well excuse me god yeah well yeah 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 but expressionist like so and this is a movie that movement that was mostly centered in germany i mean it's usually it's referred to as german expressionism but like expressionism is a wider movement but like germany was kind of its epicenter where um you are trying to Again, if you if you look at any frame, pretty much of the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which is a representative film of it, um, yeah, it's considered like the quintessential. One of them. Like, I mean, it's it's a, it's a significant movement. There are a lot of contenders for the quintessential film, um, mm -hmm. but it, it is certainly up there. Um, but you take a look at any frame from it, pretty much, and it does not look anything like reality. Um, yeah. It is purposefully constructed to sort of physically represent, um, you know, a psychological state rather than a material reality. Um, yeah, you know, where the uh, the sets are all 
and it, it's set entirely almost on sets so which i mean was fairly common for this time but like it's it, like there's no there's very little landscape photography and they're yeah they're not built to look realistic you know they have these extreme um angles um and strange proportions um where you know you'll have someone sitting on like a chair that's like 10 feet high or you know uh, um a row of houses whose roofs are all you know sort of set at like these extreme like almost geometrically impossible angles yeah yeah it's some real like non-euclidean architecture type shit happening here yeah yeah and this is almost kind of like mc escherish um yeah yeah it feels like the like the fragmented psychological state of the characters is like physically represented in the reality the movie is setting yeah, yeah. I, 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 on the on the sets themselves, you can if, if you look closely, you can see that uh, in certain places, like like the light and shadow is actually painted onto the set. Like they painted shadows and they painted beams of light onto the set, and like to look like like it. If you didn't know that they did that, you might miss it. But like it you, looks, you can certainly tell something is not right. Exactly. Exactly. No, that was my first indication. I was like, "What?" And then when I went back, and then I was like, "Hold on, let me just Google this real quick." And then I was like, "Okay, yeah." And that's when I saw it, and I was like, "God damn it!" Like, and then you can't not see it. But it's like it works. Like it's it's it, it's it. The the whole movie feels like. Not like a nightmare, but like you know, like a dream when you wake up and you're just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah, like that, like yeah, it's yeah, yeah. And I mean, that is like to different degrees and different ways true. I mean, that true of all uh, expressionist films, like um, like some of the other like major ones are like Nosferatu, um, mm-hmm. Vampire, um, Metropolis, M. Both both of those by Fritz Lang. Um, Vampire is Carl Theodore Driver, who's actually Swedish, but Dreyer, not Driver. Um, but it was filmed in Germany, um, and Nosferatu, F.W. Murnau, also German. Um, like they all are set in 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 realities that, in one way or another, are not um, real, and they're all defined by um, paranoia and just deep psychological distress that is, again, sort of reflected in sort of the, the like physical reality of the film um, and um, also deeply distrustful of authority um, and sort of society generally, you know, just rot and corruption are like pervasive themes in all expressionist films. And in this movie, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, what you have is, um, a story about a sleepwalker um, who is um, under the the spell. I mean, they say sleepwalker, but he's, he's also more he's more of like a um, like a hypnot- a victim of hypnotism who's under the the sway of um, a, a, a weird carny, basically, um, who yeah uses him to commit murders, uh, mostly against, um, you know, um, 
the youth of Germany, you know, virginal young men and women, um, you know, um, and, but this also, I mean, it's also not, it's simultaneously like a very plotty movie and the plot also kind of isn't the point. Um, the point in a lot of ways is the vibes. Um, yeah. Um, but like, I mean, the, the story is also like, I mean, there's a lot to pull out there. Um, I mean, you, um, you have this sort of very, the, the, the like the idea of this somnambulist, um, yeah. um, who is under the sway of this powerful older figure. Is this like really kind of potent metaphor that a lot of people have dug into pretty deep, um, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, like a lot of the times it's read most obviously as like a metaphor for, you know, the experience of Germany in World War One of yeah. these, these young people being led off to um, essentially being tricked into, you know, going out and committing horrific violence and being, you know, being killed by, um, you know, these sort of powerful and corrupt older men. Um, yeah. For basically, for no reason. Yeah, just just for his edification. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liter literally, literally. I know. I know you know this. I know you know this. But it's just one of my favorite little like historical facts is that the 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 during World War One, the King of England, the Kaiser of Germany, and the Tsar of Russia were all first cousins. Yeah. 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 Like they, they like, 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 I believe, I believe in like his, like, basically like declaration of war, well, not like the official declaration of war, but like where he was like, ah, we're going to go to war against Russia. Uh, 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 the Kaiser literally calls him Nikki. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. They fucking knew there were, they were like, they were like, oh, I'm sorry, Nikki, but we, but what must happen must happen. And it's like, None of you motherfuckers are gonna go do this. What's it called? You're moving your little toy soldiers. You're like it. Uh, anyway, yes, but yeah, no, no. So that is like yes. So so that's like a very like kind of easy read on that metaphor. Um, um, you know, ooh, ooh, ooh. What flavor is that? Ooh. Uh, this is a pamplemousse Lacroix that I am reading out of our friend Tim's kitchen. Honest, honestly, honestly, it's. It's it's like like grapefruit grapefruit seltzer really just you, you always love to see it. Is that what pamplemousse is? Am I even saying pamplemousse? Right? Ouais. Yeah, pamplemousse. Yeah, pamplemousse. Pamplemousse. Um. <laughs> what? <laughs> just the look. Just like a slight look. You gave me when I was like the pamplemousse, and you were like pamplemousse. Uh, you're just like, all right, whatever, man. Whatever. C'est. Je parle français un peu, mais je suis en pimp, en pimp québécois. Anyway, along those lines, I mean, it's also easy to read. Um, that central metaphor as like kind of predictive of World War II as well. Um, yes, yes. 
you know, the, the hypnotist is Hitler and the somnambulist is everyone else. Um, yes. Which is pretty funny if you read what happened. What, what you know what? I don't know that I want to give this away yet. I did a specific type of research into uh, the actors in this film. Uh, what's it called? Yeah, well, I mean, so we can, we can I mean, it's, it's impossible to talk about the German film industry in the Weimar era without talking about Nazism. Um, um, because, I mean, like so many of the directors of German expression films, you know, ended up like having to leave Germany um, because they mm-hmm. were not wanted or, or in, in, in some cases wanted too much. Um, like Fritz Lang, um, the director of Metropolis and M, um, two of the other great uh, expressionist films. Um, uh, Joseph Goebbels wanted him to become the head, essentially the head of the entire German film industry. Um, and Fritz Lang was like, okay, that is my cue to leave. Um, and mm-hmm. Fled to Hollywood and spent the rest of his career making pretty good noirs. Um, yep. But like, I think that that mm. is, and that was true of a lot of other you know directors. Like Murnau left for Hollywood and d- directed one of the other like greatest silent movies ever made, Sunrise, um, which is like a completely different type of thing. It's like a romance, um, but mm. um, but uh, you know what happened to the director of this one? I don't enlighten me. So he fled to London um, because they thought he was Jewish. And then he was just like, I'm not Jewish. I'm Protestant. But mm-hmm. everyone was just like, nah, you're Jewish. So he just couldn't go back. Yeah. So that's a, so yeah. So, yeah. so, so mistaken Jew identity. Uh, he, he, uh, yeah. So that's what happened to him. And then, um, and then the, uh, the actor who plays the hypnot or, or, or the um oh my god what's that word that they use for it somnambulist somnambulist yeah so yeah 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 sleepwalker yeah just a fancy word for sleepwalker uh yeah so he married a Jewish woman and then he uh, and and then they went to London and then um he actually went on to uh star in a bunch of different movies uh probably most famously Casablanca. Yes, Conrad Veach, he plays the uh, head Nazi in Casablanca. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A man, a man who literally fled the Nazis to, so that his Jewish wife wouldn't be killed just went on to play Nazis in American movies. Like so many people that fled the Nazis. Yep. Uh, I, believe, I, believe, I believe one of the Germans in Hogan's Heroes uh, was actually in a concentration camp. Yep. Uh, yep, yep, yep. If you have a German accent, for like 50 years, there was one type of role that... Hollywood had for you. Yep, 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 yep. And if you were, and if you were, right, and if you were a German that had fled early enough that you had learned English by the time talkies came around, chances are you were a German Jew, and or or just someone who who fled the Nazis specifically. And yep, that's what you just had to be. So pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, but then, oh, finish your point. Oh no, I was just gonna say, and then I think one of the writers, Meyer fled uh because he was jewish and then pretty much everyone else uh, uh most of the rest of them stayed i think the other writer fled because he was a pacifist so he just didn't like the nazis but a lot of the other actors stayed i think one of the actors actually ended up 
uh, uh, in a few Nazi movies. Um, the woman, uh, she she was uh, 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 it, it, her Wikipedia says that she was in a bunch of very apolitical movies. She wasn't in any like specifically like movies of you know that are called like you know the Demon Jew. You know what I mean? But uh, she was uh, Hitler's favorite actress. Uh, had dinner with him on several occasions and also um, uh, entertained uh, Wehrmacht troops on the Eastern Front. So, yep, 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 yep. So not every, not everyone, yeah. And cheers to her. Um, cheers to, good for her. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I do, building off of that and also just, I, I do want to kind of circle back to the thing with Fritz Lang. Because, I mean, I'm really, obviously I'm using, and I do want to talk more specifically about Caligari, but I, using this as a, a springboard to talk about expressionism generally, because I think it is such an interesting movement. But um, yeah. like the thing with Fritz Lang, where he makes all, you know, who's in no way is a Nazi, you know, um, was very anti-Nazi, but, um, but, you know, was, was still attempted to be recruited by the Nazis to head their film industry. Like, I think speaks to something that people have pointed out about um, expressionism, where it can kind of, you know, it, if, if, and I, this isn't an intentional um, subtext to their films, but I think there is something, you know, that if you are so inclined, you can read sort of like some vaguely fascist things into their filmmaking. Um, you know, because um, like with, with Lang, you know, it's sort of his two big, like most significant expressionist films, Metropolis, which is this like sci-fi film, um, about have, have you seen Metro I mean it's a very famous one have you seen Metropolis or know anything about it I, I haven't seen Metropolis and I started to watch M and then was like oh wait this is this is German I'm not going to be able to watch this while I work yeah I mean they're both fantastic movies like M in particular is one of my favorite movies and is oh yeah it seems super cool yeah yeah I mean it's like one of the one of the first like serial killer movies um and it has like yeah. like a like a legitimately like it like uh it's great like um kind of suspense set piece with like people closing in on peter laurie the serial killer um that's mm -hmm. like 20 minutes where they've got him like trapped in a building it's it's fantastic stuff yeah. um, oh another man that had to flee the nazis yep yeah, yeah but um like but it's it's this movie about um we'll, we'll start with him so, because we're already on topic but it's this movie yeah. about you know a uh, you know sort of a a social pest you know um a pestilence among society, you know, a serial killer who's um, killing, you know, innocent German youth. Um, and he's Peter yeah. Lorre, who's a guy who, if you have, you know, certain stereotypes in mind, can look certain ways. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a Jewish man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, 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 yeah. I'll say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a Jewish man who looks very Jewish. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. I was, I, well, I was going to say he has that accent, but then I realized, oh, wait, that's not an accent for them. That's just how they talk. So there you go. Continue. Right. And, and it's, a, it's a movie that ends with sort of vigilante justice, you know, this sort of like people's counsel um, of because the law won't deal with it appropriately. So, you know, sort of the underworld takes yeah. hands to enact justice on him. And, you know, the, the, the film, I think, presents this very, um ambiguously at best you know it's not 
I don't think it's enthusiastic about what this says in society, that this is how we're handling it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it has some real qualms about that. But, you know, if, if, if you are so inclined, you know, you can, you can read this as, you know, the, the state, the democratic state has failed to deal with, you know, the social the Jew problem. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, but just 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 generally the the, the, the general degeneracy of society. Exactly. And yes. you know, men of action must take action to resolve it. Um yeah. That that really is the thing about fascists is that they just don't get subtext. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like they just really don't, you know what I mean? Which I think is like you've always said, like, like I would be a prime fascist candidate, and I think there's no greater uh, proof to that, you know, and luckily my Judaism kind of prevents me from being such, you know, to a degree, but like, but like, there's no better thing of, of like me and my dad watching Starship Troopers and being like, this movie's so cool, this movie about killing bugs and just completely missing all of the fashion that was intentionally put in there by the director. Yeah, and I mean, um, like to take that one even further, like Metropolis is this like again like this incredible like dystopian sci-fi movie about you know this like huge like very um uh, divided unequal society you have this sort of utopian futurist paradise in sort of the upper levels of this futuristic city and then this sort of industrial workers hellhole at the bottom where you know there's this famous scene of you know workers entering the factory and they're all marching in like perfect lockstep in like lines that like um very clearly influenced lenny riefenstahl um and um you know it, it was one of hitler's favorite movies um and it's like one of the it's you know one of those things where it's very clearly like this is not supposed to be cool um yeah but like if you if you're hitler you know you can get it wrong if you're like this looks rad um yeah 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 like me watching Watchmen and being like Rorschach's the good guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's so easy to accidentally be a fascist. It's very it's very easy. But uh, yeah, we're not we're we're not going to examine that anymore. No, but yeah, no. Continue your point. But um, just generally, like you know, with the theme of degeneracy running like through expressionist films so much um so prevalently um it's again it's easy to like draw the wrong conclusions from that and it's also easy to like for the films a little bit to like i think accidentally but like fall into some stereotypical holes like i mean in nosferatu like the the vampire itself you know again if like rhymes a little bit with like stereotypic stereotypical depictions of like witchy black magic jews and you know yes like his uh fuck what's uh what's dracula's igor character um oh my oh my fucking god oh uh, um um no ryan renfield renfield yeah there's there's a renfield character who also looks like a you know kind of a stereotypical jew um yeah yeah. yeah, which, 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 like, which, like, which just further, because you know, there's like one of the weird things I'm autistic about, which, like, which, like, dates back to, like, 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 I guess you would call that, like, medieval, but kind of like, you know, like, 15, like, 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 15th to, like, 17th century, kind of, like, 
like like depictions in like specifically Germany of like vampires and stuff like that. Yeah. Like 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 they have right, right like like and also of Jews right in these things right with like hooked noses and sharp teeth and stuff like that. Yeah. Like like this was a very conscious uh, pairing, you know what I mean, right? But but like like this like, like I mean the vampire myth in and of itself like 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 has for for like generations i mean you were talking about the 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 killing of christian children right, right? which they like to the blood together yes exactly the blood libel itself yeah, yeah yeah which 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 fun fun fact in like the 1920s like in america <laughs> it's like in some town like this kid went missing Right, and he went missing near like a Jewish part of a town, and like then like the sheriff went to like the head rabbi and was like, "Hey, so did you guys do this?" And the rabbi was like, "What the fuck, man? No, we did it." And then they like found the kid, like he was fine. We've, we've always been fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have not really gotten smarter. Um, it's so it's so fun. I mean, you know, like, luckily nothing happened to the Jewish community there, but it was like, like they did ask yeah. in like my grandparents' lifetime. Yeah, but I mean, to to tie it back to Caligari, um, yeah, like I mean, Doctor Caligari, the hypnotist, also. I mean, he's coded as this sort of like um, frumpy, older. Um, kind of degenerate intellectual, like there, it that rhymes with some shit too, and like again, yeah. I don't think any of this was intentional. Intentional. Yeah. All of them, you know, were not did not appear to be anti-Semitic. You know, they were no. They ran in liberal crowds. You know, they probably had Jewish friends. Some of them were documented. Not that like you know he's got a black friend is always the best defense, but like yeah, that. This is a time and place where, like, if you were anti-Semitic, you could pretty much just be anti-Semitic. Anti-Semitic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fine. Yeah. No, one of the writers of this movie was literally Jewish. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Meyer. He's literally Jewish. Yeah. I, th- I think it really says more about how, like, all visions of degeneracy were so closely associated with Judaism that if yeah. you, like, present anything as degenerate, you're going to... I mean, you're you're gonna be adjacent to depictions of Judaism just by necessity. Oh. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and 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 you know, like to the proto-fascist movement that was arising at this time, like like you know, because like yesterday, because like degeneracy wasn't just a like fascist thing. Like 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 the communists talk about degeneracy. Yeah. You know what I mean, right? Like 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 a ton. Like 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 Western degeneracy capitalist degeneracy that is like a real thing in the soviet union for for decades uh you know talking about that stuff right and and in communist movements in general and like you know the difference being right you know the, to the communists the degeneracy is coming from you know the capitalists right from specifically from you know the owners of the means of production and for the fascists it's coming from uh, you know, depending, at least in the terms of the German fascists, uh, from Jews, you know what I mean, right? right. You know, um, I, don't, I don't know who they, well, the Italian fascists were so fucking degenerate in and of themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all, I mean, everyone was. Yeah, yeah and I mean, I, I, 
And degeneracy is such a weird term too, because it's literally just some shit that you don't like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I mean like the, the degeneracy that like, I think the expressionist artists were railing against is not the one, the degeneracy, the fascists were railing against again, like Murnau, one of the big directors was gay himself. Like, yeah, they, these were people who, you know, I, I don't know about all of their personal lives, but I don't think they were like opposed to the sexual liberation that was happening. You know, um, like, I think that they were probably much more concerned with, you know, everything is corrupt. Um, mm -hmm. But like, that everything is corrupt starting point is, you know, I, I am not a subscriber to horseshoe theory um, because I think that, yeah. you know, your prescriptions matter as much or more than your diagnoses, but like yeah. there is the, you know, there is this sort of like, if there is a commonality between the ex like extremes of the political spectrum, it is like a diagnosis that at the very least shit has gone wrong. They might yeah. They might not agree on the ways it has gone wrong and certainly not on what to do about it, but like they all agree that it has gone wrong. And like, that's yeah. where a lot of the, you know, there is like a, um, a, uh, an arena of thinking of critical thinking. Um, Siegfried Krakauer in particular is one of the like, big like film theorists has a whole, uh, I, I believe he has a whole book about, you know, expressionism being sort of like, proto-fascist um which and I, I have not read all of his writings so i don't i don't know all of the um intricacies of it i don't want to comment too much on what he he wrote again because i'm just i've you know i read like a selection of a chapter of one of his books in film school like seven years ago um more than i read right yeah, yeah. but like there is this idea that like being obsessed with degeneracy and corruption like is um you know rooted closely enough to you know the the origin point of fascism that like expressionism is predictive of if not necessarily guilty of guilty for although i think there are people who would go that far i'm not one of them but you know of of fascism you know that it is you know sort of a, a link in the chain or whatever um and mm -hmm. hmm. huh that's interesting yeah well, no, yeah, because I'm kind of thinking, because I'm thinking a lot, because I'm just kind of thinking about like, you know, like a lot of like, you know, the movies of the 80s, right? You know, all those action movies that we love so much, you know what I mean, right? Where, where, where largely the, the, you know, and they're cool, right? Just like, you know, like, 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 you know, I, I imagine if I was, if I was a little, you know, if I was a, you know, uh, hair mat, you know what I mean, in Germany at the time, right? You know, and I'm going down to the, uh, a kino right or i don't know what the hell they call it right you know what i mean right and i'm and i'm like i would probably think like oh yeah this metropolis shit this is pretty cool you know what i mean i'd probably be a fan right but like now i'm just kind of like like and maybe this is getting too off topic but like kind of like you know these movies that like kind of like you know prescribe like you know um you know extreme violence being done by like a single man they like almost mythic messianic figure right cleaning up the streets you know what i mean and not in a way of like taxi driver or something like that where it's like no this man's bad you know what i mean right where the message very much is this man is good right you know what i mean if that is almost kind of predictive of some of the trends we see today although maybe i'm thinking too hard about this well i 
I, I, I actually want to jump off that a totally different direction. Um, yeah, go. You're talking about like, um, you know, action movies, which are, you know, as we talked about last month, there is like um, a certain amount of shared heritage between like action movies and noir. Um, and if you want to draw that back even further, like German expressionism is, you know, one of, if not the fundamental influences on both horror and noir. Um, mm -hmm. both in terms of like literally like the talent leaving Germany and coming to the U.S. and like making those movies but also just in terms of like the sort of cinematic language and style and preoccupations that it established like you really see the roots of both of those genres in expressionism that like Nosferatu and Vampire um, really are like the um, the prototypes for like the universal monster movies like Frankenstein, yeah. Dracula, like Dracula, obviously. Um, yeah. You really see the mood of those movies, um, which are done in like, I mean, they're, they're obviously they're much more like, you know, they're, they're Hollywood movies. They're not as weird and dreamy as, you know, um, Vampire, especially, which is like a totally like out of left field, weird, like dream sequence movie. Um, but like you do, you do see like them establishing a template that would become like, you know, the Universal Monster movies became the template for horror for a long time. Yeah, it was like the horror franchise. I mean, it really was a franchise a lot of ways, as we talked about um, with Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Um, so good. But like, I mean, you see, like the even just the like. The types of architecture they used are like established by um, yeah and the vibes the vibes themselves yeah the vibes themselves the like kind of like the looming and the like you know, right because because horror was something that had been you know like in 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 books you know what I mean right you know um, you know um, Frankenstein, Dracula, you know, these were books, right? Which builds horror in a very different way and to, you know, in a, in, a, in a visual media having to depict, you know, what you would read instead of, you know, right? I mean, I, and, and, I, and that's the thing, like I can see the through line of the vibes, you yeah. know what I mean? Of, of, of how this, of how the monster, right? Of how the, I mean, that, fucking scene in this movie where the uh sleepwalker i believe his name god i mean i don't know how they would pronounce it but the caesar cesare i don't know kaisare i don't know yeah i, I don't know let's let's kazare um, kazare okay yeah right I don't, I don't fucking know kaiser i don't i don't know kaiser yeah 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 the kaiser the kaiser coming in like through the and like slowly yeah. walking up like that was like and 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 folks and that is still a creepy scene that is so creepy and folks and, and so they so this is a silent film so they got like if you haven't seen a silent film right or and i don't know if this is true for every silent film but in this one the makeup the way they do the makeup they are like painted on white faces a lot of them right with like like heavy like black like eyeliner and stuff like that 
And, and I think Caligari himself has almost like painted on like Mickey Mouse kind of gloves. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's also an expressionist thing. Like, um, yeah. Like again, like just deforming the human features until they don't seem real anymore. Um, yeah. Like express some sort of like deeper psychological essence, you know? Yeah. Just putting all that presumably lead paint on their face. Hey, yeah. It might have been arsenic. It might have been, you know what? Fair point. I apologize. But yeah, no, yeah, like like it is, you know, right. And and what's so funny is, and what I was thinking was was like how different that horror is because so much horror now like like is uh is jump scares. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is much more about dread. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I will say, doesn't... It's a different kind of adrenaline rush. You know what I mean? It's almost kind of like, 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 like coffee versus an energy drink. You know what I mean, right? Like, they're both... Del- or, or, I, I, no, 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 no. I think, but I think that the difference is it doesn't come on as strong at first, but it lingers. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You feel it. You feel it. It, it is a lower level because a jump scare, like, it doesn't, that's the thing about a jump, because a jump scare just kind of almost pisses you off. You know what I mean? Right? Because, like, cause like it like, makes you feel something real quick, right? But then it's kind of over. You know what I mean? Versus, like, this, like, this is a probably what, like, maybe 20, 30 second shot, maybe even a minute. So Matt, my question for you would be, would you say that the cabinet of Dr. Caligari has A24 vibes? (laughs) Oh man, 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 this is such A24 vibes. I'm calling it Michael K. Williams. You know what I mean? Tell me I got his name right. Please tell me I got his name right. For the love of God, tell me. Hey, I got his name right. Yeah. Nah, yeah, this is major. I would actually, I was actually thinking about this. I was trying to imagine like an elevated horror movie where they just have some motherfucker with like, with like almost clown level face paint just slowly walking. Actually, that does kind of sound a twenty four ish. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that that kind of dread based horror is just kind of based around what if there was a weird fucking guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that's 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 all of it follows. Yeah. No, and and that is that is so. As someone who has, for reasons, extensively studied monsters, right? <laughs> it's a grown ass man just typing in monsters into Google and just going wild for an hour. That's your that's your that's one of your humble hosts on this podcast, and that's me. Yeah, no, that is so many throughout history. That is so many monsters. It's just like, what if there was like a weird guy? Yeah. Like, that'd be pretty crazy, right? Like, because most of them, most monsters aren't even really doing anything. Like, people would be like, oh yeah, he like eats kids, right? But really, really, them saying he eats kids is literally, you know how that all starts? That all starts as like, 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 like it's so fascinating reading like once like why the boogeyman exists. Like, 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 and I'm sure you've probably put this together. You're a smart man, but like, so much of that shit exists just to keep kids in their beds. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, yeah. No, this was a revelation to me. I learned this like two <laughs> years ago. It blew my mind. I was like, that's so true. 
You know what I mean? Because my dad didn't tell me that they keep me in. <laughs> my dad, no, because my dad didn't tell me about the boogeyman to keep me in my bed. My dad told me about the boogeyman because he thought he was, he was like, "Isn't that wild?" Was just, you know, what? my dad didn't tell me about the boogeyman. Really? No, my parents weren't trying to scare me. <laughs> <laughs> my dad, my dad was like, "Yeah, no, yeah." There's like this guy called the boogeyman comes out of your closet. I don't know, crazy. Anyway, good night. <laughs> It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a stay in your bed. No, it was just like, isn't that wild? Anyway, good night. Wait, why, why, why are you still up? <laughs> yeah, why are you sleeping with the lights on? Actually, that was that was for other reasons. I had really bad sleep paralysis as a child, probably because I watched too much TV. All right. Anyway, so, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, so. But in addition to horror, I mean, the other thing, like I said, the other thing that, like, is in the lineage of expressionism is noir, you know, just, and again, it's, it's very vibes, you know, this, this fallen corrupt world um, in which there's, you know, kind of no way to navigate with any kind of real morality. Um, Yeah. You know, um, which again, I mean, you can. Like, and just, like part of that is just so many of these guys went over to Hollywood and started making wars. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Talk about fumbling a bag. Germany could have been like a, 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 a if it weren't for the Nazis, it, that's such an interesting thought experiment to see, to think what happens to like modern film if there is no World War II, if, if the Nazis never come to power and all those guys stay there. You know what I mean? Because like, you had you to, what a like a steroid shot just having like, you know, because it was basically Germany and America making like the. I mean, everyone else is making movies too, but like Germany and America were like the ones like really with like a system in place, and then just half of Germany just had to leave because they were either Jew or Jew adjacent, right? Yeah, and like a handful of them, like uh, fucking like you know guys like Bela Lugosi were like, oh no, I'm just a communist. Oh, okay, I'm not welcome here, and then uh, uh, soon to be not welcome in America either after after a little while. But hey. Yeah. What are you gonna do? But uh, but yeah, no, no. Um, anyway, yeah. yeah. I mean, build building off of that. I, just to because we have to talk about this a little bit, like this idea that like there is no way out, there is no solution. Like we got to talk about the ending a little bit, you know? Because oh my god, the final. That... Sorry, no. I want I want your reaction. Tell me your reaction. No. So 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 I I was like. So I was texting Emily right now, which is like, and, and I was literally filming the movie and being like, look at this shit. What the fuck am I supposed to do with this shit? Look at this shit. What has he done? He's sending me, he's sending me this shit to watch these people. What is going, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand. What is the point of any of this? What is going, and then that ending happened. And then I was like, okay, low key, they kind of pulled it off. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, like uh, she was like, she was like, oh, like, 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 oh, like you would watch it again? And I was like, absolutely not. But yeah, you know, yeah, no, no. But like, it, it, it was this ending, like, I mean, I don't know if they invented the twist ending, but God damn, that's it. First, also, Shutter Island owes them some fucking royalties, all right? Because this, that is, they Shutter Island it, Rob. They Shutter Island it. Yeah, because I mean, the, the ending is, um, so in, as a part of the investigation, they find out that the, the hypnotist, Dr. Caligari, is 
is actually the head of the local asylum, um, which doesn't really make any sense by anything other than like dream logic, um, which so so much of the movie is already based on that you just kind of accept it. Yeah, when he rises from behind the desk, I was like, what the fuck? That, that's, that's the scene I recorded in Sedamble. I was like, what the fuck? What yeah. is going on? Yeah. Like then the, and you think that's, that's kind of the twist, um, that he's actually this figure of authority. Um, but at the final twist is that um, sort of the protagonist of the film, um, whose name I've already forgotten. Um, Francis. Francis, there you go. Um, yeah, Francis, yeah who's uh you know just a a good german boy um who's who's mm-hmm. who's whose friend who is also a good german boy has been murdered by the by the sleepwalker and the sleepwalker has menaced his his you know his lady friend his lady love yeah he's a good german girl and they're all good german youths and these weirdo outsiders are coming after him um mm-hmm. with vaguely foreign names exactly um yeah but uh, Francis, you know, the, the final twist is that Francis is actually a patient in the asylum. And Caligari... As is his lady love. As is his lady love. And Caligari is their doctor. Um, yeah, yeah. And as is, as is, as is Cesare, who's yeah. just like a guy in there. Yeah. Just, just a fella. Walking around, not asleep. But the, the ending is ambiguous enough to never really resolve it like you don't know if this means francis is legitimately just crazy and invented this whole story or if caligari has just trapped him in his asylum and convinced everyone else he's crazy Uh, yeah because because what caligari says at the end what he says at the fucking end go ahead oh i believe i understand his delusions or something like that and i know the cure yeah, and then it just, it cuts to this, it slowly irises in on him, you know, where you just get a, a, a shrinking circle that closes in on his face. And, but before it, like, completely goes to black, it just, the circle stops and just holds on his close-up for a second. And he gives just this ambiguous look, which doesn't reveal anything, but, like, again, just leaves you with that feeling of just dread. Um, yeah. Before closing. Yeah. It's like, it's really... Even though I, I, I couldn't tell you what the truth about and the situation is, it really does leave an impression. Like, it really feels like a perfect ending. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I just want to say real quick, they use that iris. Uh, I didn't know what it was called, but they use that, like, throughout the film very effectively to really, like, highlight, like, like, like and I was, like, I was like, oh, that's so cool. That's, like, I guess how they did close-ups or whatever, right? But but like but like but like I, I think that's a, is but it's not just like a close. It's like no, like look at this, like look at this shit, motherfucker. Yeah, I mean they would. I mean they did close-ups were used a lot more sparingly. Um, like one of the one of the like just weird little tidbits that you get in like film schools. I'm like showing you like here's the first close-up. It took someone a while. It took people a while to figure out you could do that. Like you could yeah. close on something and people would be like, ah, I see. That is important, and it is also related to the image that came before. You know, I saw this. Yeah. I saw this this shot of like three people, and you showed me one of them, and it's the same guy. Like, you know, mm. someone had to like discover that that you would like associate one image with another. Um, yeah, we're not that far off when this movie is made from people scrambling because there was a train coming at them in the theater. I, I think that's an apocryphal story. Um, but no, I would have been freaked out. 
<laughs> but but yeah, they did use the iris a lot to kind of like highlight things and like to, to bring back the Scorsese connection. Like he is one of the only, like one he's a guy who still uses irises sometimes. Like which is cool. Like you know, he's got his whole bag of like I've seen eight million movies tricks. Like I'm gonna use yeah. something from like 1920. I don't care. Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, over the departed. Um, it's so cool. No, oh my god. Yeah, but no, but but what I really like about what I was kind of thinking about what you were talking about noir, and what I've always kind of taken away from noir because because it does kind of have those similar kind of like you know themes and vibes. You know, this amoral world. But what I feel like a lot of noir kind of comes out of. Or, or, or kind of comes up with at the end of it is kind of just like, yeah, well, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Right? You know what I mean? Life goes on, you know? Right? Which I've always kind of respected about noir. I might be completely wrong about this. I often misread movies. This is kind of my thing. The thing that you have to remember about noir is noir was made under the production code, the Hayes code. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, that's right. necessitates that in all cases, evil be punished yeah so you know in a noir you can have someone err you know you can have them sin um but then at the end you know the world has to be set right you know they have to be punished for it and the rest of the world moves on um you can so you can have this individual tragedy you can plot and you can imply um you know things about the state of the rest of the world but like you're focused on that individual tragedy and it must end in tragedy. Whereas in expressionism, because there isn't a production code, you know, one, they can just get, um, you know. Insanely weird. Yeah, you know, you can imply rape, you can imply drug use, you know, you can get, you can do a lot more than you could do in Hollywood, but you can also have it not really end in tragedy. You can just end with it, you know, with Francis being stuck, you know, the innocent, or you don't even know if he's innocent. You don't know if there are any innocents, but if there is one, it's Francis and he's just trapped there and that's it. Like, yeah, yeah. Or he's insane. Yeah. Evil, evil is not punished and goodness does not probably exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which, which honestly, I think we need more of. People need to know because it's just honestly how the world works. <laughs> it's just the truth you know what i mean but but yeah no no but 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 me i i i i think that's why i love the noirs but 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 my but my love will always be with the neo-noirs because they kind of get to because they get to really like i mean i mean like the 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 the, the, the example that's uh, flashing my head is just is chinatown right you know what i mean right we're like, we're like, you really, which is such a nihilistic ending. Yeah. You know what I mean? To that movie, right? To the movie where you really think some shit is going to change and then forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Yep. What are you going to, right? And like, and also what they show at the end, like, because I don't want to give away the end of Chinatown, just, just on the off chance one person is listening who has not seen it, but just like, yeah, let's just say the makeup. I was like, even I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And I've seen that, yeah. And I'm a man who was tempered by his, as we've discussed, insane father who would just show me pictures he took in the ER as a small child. <laughs> to, what do I say he would? He literally did that, like, last week. 
I mean, but I think it's more disturbing to do it to a child. Still not great, but like, no, weirder to do it to a kid. Yeah. Oh, he did it to my son. <laughs> That's not great. He, he was like, he was like, he was like, look at all these maggots in this guy's leg. Audrey what? thought it was cool. Yeah, Audrey likes bugs. <laughs> all right. Well, any any final thoughts on Caligari before we move on? Yeah, I could not stop thinking about Nick Cage watching this movie. I could not stop thinking about Nick Cage watching this movie. The entire just watching this movie over and over again, and just like I don't know, weeping, laughing. I don't know what his reaction to this movie would be. Did just, you like this movie? It's one of those movies. So, so here's what I'll say. So you've assigned me some movies, which I was like, that was weird, but I liked it. Like, like Color of Pomegranates, right? That is a movie that I was like, oh, this is just, oh, this is just like basically like looking at like a, a, a painting in movie form. You know what I mean? Right? I like a good painting, right? Um, this was a movie that I like it. Did you appreciate it? I did not like it, but I did appreciate it. It is a movie I am happy I have now, I can now say I have seen a German expressionist film. I now understand, I have an understanding for German expressionism. I, I probably could have paid more attention to it, uh, but that probably would have helped. But I, but no, I mean, like, it's, 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 it's a really cool movement. And like, and, and, and I'll say this, it's made me want to watch M and Metropolis and, you know, Vampire and all those. Like, 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 yeah, no, I, 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 it is, it is cool to see. It's, it, it's, it's, it's an experience. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, I understand why, why, why they make you guys in film school watch these movies. You know what I mean? To see like people a hundred years ago trying to do some shit is very cool you know right um, um so yeah no no i appreciated it yeah yeah it didn't piss me it, it pissed me off a little bit it didn't piss me off that much yeah i i would check out m in particular like m is like you're you're basically just making a noir at that point like the stylization is really toned down i mean at least in terms okay. of like fragmented reality like there's still some some cool stylization in there but it's more like you know stylization within like more standard cinematic language like there's a really cool like match cut in there yeah yeah i think you just caught me you caught me watching this movie at the end of a uh, i don't know if i do uh, at the end of a like slight like uh existential crisis i had the other day you know what i mean and kind of like i'm kind of in like you know i'm pulling out you know what i mean right we didn't hit the ground we pulled out right and then watching this i was just like come on <laughs> come on yeah, I mean, this is kind of a, a movie having an existential crisis. Yeah, 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 yeah. I also was very tired when I watched it, which didn't help. I, I kind of, I think I fell asleep at one point, but then like, but like, like a like a micro sleep. So it's good. It's fine. I drink a lot of caffeine. We're good. There you go. All right. So I think it is time that we move on to our second movie. But first, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to see. Speaking of tired, I'm going to see if I can find some caffeine in this apartment. Ooh, I'm going to do the same thing. All right. Ooh, wait, hold on. No, no, no. You want to keep recording and you want to just have a little conversation while we both try to find caffeine? Uh, I'm going to use the bathroom first. So let me pause it. You want to keep recording in the bathroom? Nope. Why? That's keep this in. 
keep that's, this in. I, I will keep this in, but what happens in there is my time, baby. All right, that's fair. All right. See you in a second. All right. Ooh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Ooh, bathroom boys. I'm bringing the phone in, though. issues in my search through Tim's apartment. First of all, do you, can you see my video right now? Yeah, I can. Okay, so this is this is what his uh, Tim's kitchen lights do when you turn them <laughs> on. Oh, wait, oh, it's not doing it anymore. Never mind. When I first turned it on, it like was like audibly like making a like fucked up wiring sound and flickering like it was uh, like I was in a Silent Hill game, which is not... Oh. They were like, the wiring is fine as long as you don't leave it on too long. We've got a maintenance guy coming eventually. Um, but it's God, DC is so cool. Yeah. But also, the bigger problem I'm running into in terms of my search for caffeine is they have a, a pour-over set. And I don't oh, know, man. I don't know how the fuck to use that. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure it's great, but I don't understand the impulse to be like, I just want a cup of coffee in the morning. Let me get my chemistry set. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Emily uses, what is it? Because that's different from, but uh, she uses a French press, right? Even that, I think, is a little easier than this. Like, this what, do I, what do I pour it into? Do I just put a mug under it? I think. Yeah, I'm gonna... yeah, I, she had to teach me how to use the French press, and 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 I was like, yeah, and it's like kind of like like, like I get, but like, I mean, you're you're a drip coffee man, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I don't even really drink coffee all that regularly, and when I do, I'm not trying to complicate the process. Yeah, yeah. I have a drip coffee machine and a espresso machine, and I bought both of them from Unique Thrift. And I think I spent a combined fifteen dollars on the two of them. That's all I need. You know, I don't know why. I don't know why. Like, I mean, I like the um, I like the French press. You know, it comes out very smooth and it is very nice. But also, like, I mean, you gotta like boil up a, 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 a kettle of water and then like pour it in there and then push the fucking thing. And I'm just like, no, I just I just put my coffee in the thing. I fill up the water and then I just hit a button. That's it. My yes, that is all I need. Um, yeah i don't even have like a fancy it's literally just an on off 
Okay. okay. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a live taping of me using a pour over machine. <laughs> and hell yeah. Is it a machine? I mean, I don't I don't know. It's a whole setup. I feel like I'm making meth. Um <laughs> Okay. Very very on par for Tim. So yeah, if I like ruin Tim's apartment, we'll have an audio recording of it. Really his fault for having such a fucking weird thing. Are you spending how long are you staying there? You're like staying over the weekend there? Yeah, they're coming back on Monday. It is Friday now. Mm. So I, I just I read a little like quick internet thing on how to use a pour over thing and it said like it's really important to maintain the proper rate of pour. And I, I just I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> what the, why, we're just I don't know why like what is the benefit? Does it taste because I knew a guy, I know a guy that was like, no, yeah, you need the, is that all the coffee they have? No, this is just, it's already in the grinder, which I don't know how long it's been there, but I don't know. Does that matter if coffee is in the grinder? For no, me? it's fine. Who gives a shit? Here, Where's it go? smell that for that, me. Mmm, no. delicious. Yeah. Ooh, love, do you grind your own beans? Uh, I mean, at the, the place I'm living now, they have a grinder, so I, I use that. All right. What's it called? I don't do that shit. Oh. I was, was going to, like, measure out what they have ground. I'm just I'm pouring it in there, baby. We're going to see what happens. Exactly. Yeah, you'll be fine. Well, now you're kind of wondering if I should have some coffee. I mean, it is 1140 at night, but we still have a whole other movie to cover. And then I, I think that I, I just the top fell off the pour over. It's fine. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, also, I think I'm going to be. I have some stuff I want to talk about when we talk about what we've been watching. So this is this might be a longer one. I apologize. All right. No, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. What's it called? Doing up early. Or not even early. I have to. I, I, I just. What's it called? It's like I don't even like have to wake up early, but just like my kids fucking wake up these these little delights that i've spawned you know what they do so they wake up at 6 a.m right right they wake up at 6 a.m and what they have figured out how to do is they figured out how to turn on the tv right so if i don't wake up sometime between 6 and 7 a.m they will just watch tv for hours like they will just straight up watch like hours and hours and hours of television. Like, cause I've done it before. I've woken up at like eight 30 or something like that. And these little motherfuckers are just watching TV. They've just, right. And I'm like, what time did you wake up? And they're like, I don't know, like six and just watch two and a half hours of TV and then complain when I turn it off. Yeah. You want to see what I'm doing? What are you what I'm doing? I poured a Starlight Zero Sugar. Have you had the Starlight Coke yet? Take a guess, Matt. I couldn't even tell you what that is. What's it called? It's this delicious space-flavored soda is what they call it. They call it space-flavored, right? And it's, like, insanely good. It's, like, kind of cherry, kind of vanilla, but kind of different. Hard to describe why. So I'm taking the Starlight Soda, popping some ice cubes in there, Right, you see this? Pumping a few ice cubes. And then to top it off, I have some coffee that I left in the pot uh, from this morning. 
We're just going to pour that right in there. There we Man, go. To the tip. You, you are just so divorced. What? What's wrong with this? I'm pouring. It's 1140. I'm pouring this morning's coffee into f- my future Coke. <laughs> yeah. What's it called? I'm the man. 1488. Please do not stop. I hate that so much. But <laughs> What's wrong? What? I'm taking it back. It's a perfectly fine number. It's not fair that they get it. Shut up. What? This wait, one, wait, wait. I... Let me see the pour over. Zoom in on the pour over. Well, okay. I'll, I'll... I mean, right now, gonna, it's just heating up the kettle. That's all that's happening right now. Okay, 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 okay. So, folks, so what I see is so what I see is so I see a coffee filter. I see, I'm sure there is ground coffee in the filter. There you go, right? Rob has a mug out underneath, right? And then, wait, all you do is you just pour the hot water on the, why would you do this? How is this better? I mean, it must be really good. I also can't tell if the kettle is working. Like the heat is higher than it was, but like, kind of going back and forth in terms of it's it's just it's blinking i can't tell if it started or not what a nightmare see versus versus look at this look at this you see what i got you see my setup here we go i'm gonna turn that around look at that mr coffee mr coffee look all you got here just on off right that's it coffee ground we're gonna dump those out we're gonna put those in the trash. Can I give you a little view? Ooh, there are my feet. Do I have to boil them out? Is this making you horny? What's it called? Is that making you horny, Rob? Are you a foot guy? That it is making me horny. Are you a foot guy? No. You know, you know what I found out? You know that's apparently like far and away the most common sexual fetish. Yeah, I, I know. It's a I, I don't really get it. I mean like I, I don't know. I mean, it's a. I get it more than some others. It's at least a body part, but it always seemed like the most utilitarian one, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, listen, I've sucked on some toes in my time, but that was never. That was we're done. We're done. Right, what? 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 What did I do? I, I don't. I don't need to know about that, Matthew. Thank you. What? What did I do? What? I'm sorry for trying to share my life with you. Man, Coke and coffee is such a good mix. Well, that sounds awful. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, they complement each other so well. They complement each other. Do not talk about this like you're a sommelier because you've combined two forms of caffeine. What? No, that's like a real thing. No, Coke and coffee, the weird one I heard recently that you know i mean i don't drink right but like but the 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 apparently coke and red wine it's just awful i hate that 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 sounds i mean first off why are you drinking red wine you know what i mean what you think you're better than me but no no that sounds particularly awful i drink red wine because you get like a gallon of it for like 12 bucks or Safeway. Yeah, no, I mean, no. I listen, listen. I've drank plenty of wine myself. It was good wine. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, listen. I drank plenty of wine myself for the same reason. Like, yeah, like I remember getting like 
a gallon of table wine and being like, how much did this cost? And they're like, 20 bucks. And I was like, all right, sure. Yeah. It was always a little fun to get wine drunk, but like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like talking to people, like I've heard people recently be talking about like, oh, you know, like, um, like, I don't Yeah. Like whenever I go with Emily, she's always just like her go-to is she's always like, she's always like, oh yeah. Do they, do you have like a dry white? And I'm like, I have the, what the, what the fuck does that mean? All right, I'm cutting, I'm cutting you off because it's the moment of truth. Oh, man. Let's see how this goes. I've got to maintain Let's see. Okay. Okay, he's got the gooseneck. He's got a gooseneck kettle. All right. He's not letting me see it. Nope. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to do, angle the laptop, which I cannot see the screen of, and pour at the same time. Can you see it now? Did I? Oh, I can see it. No, no, no. No, that's perfect. No, that's perfect. Can I be honest with you? Go ahead. And, and, and no smoke to our friend Tim. But seeing this setup, I kind of understand why his wonderful wife calls him Timothy. This is a Timothy-ass setup right here. Timothy-ass setup right here. What's it called? Zombie Tim is not doing this. Zombie Zombie. Well, no, zombie is not doing this. What? No, I was agreeing with you. Zombie Tim is definitely not doing this. This is this is some shit, zombie Tim's. Again, and I cannot stress this enough. Wonderful wife. She's so like she literally is great. You know what I mean? She's so nice. She just like I tell you. She just like like I I asked Tim if he would look at my resume once, and 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 I sent it to him, and she just and he was like, yeah yeah. Uh, uh, Jess has a lot of thoughts on it. Is it okay? I was like, yeah sure. And she just like within like one minute of me saying sure emailed me back and was like okay here's all the ways you're doing this wrong but in this like very like sweet way where she just clearly like took time out of her day to basically rewrite my resume what's it called a mensch a mensch we love tim and jess i now have a cup of joe Kind of watery. I don't know if I use enough pronouns. But... <laughs> Mine is great. That's not bad. Is it worth all of that? I mean, maybe I did it wrong. Maybe I didn't use enough grounds, but it's, I, I don't, I wouldn't say yes. I don't know. That looked, I've seen people do it before, and that looked about what they did. I mean, maybe that's how it's supposed to taste. It's supposed to have a more even texture. I don't know what that means. That's so fucking stupid. There's only one way to make coffee, and it's as strong as humanly possible. You make rocket fuel. If you're not making rocket fuel, why are you drinking coffee? The only caveat to that, I would say, in my opinion, is cold brew. Cold brew should be nice and smooth. Slight chocolatey texture. And I just spilled coffee on there nice. <laughs> clean that up real quick. I spilled, I spilled coffee as I was putting the coaster down. That's a real L. Like, that is, that's, that's, see, that's your, that's your problem. You're being considerate. And coffee has been cleaned up. I see no staining. I think we are good to go. No. 
Yep, we're just gonna move on from that one. All right. And in the meantime, the dog has taken my seat on the couch. So you, you can't win tonight, brother. All right. So that is our that's this is probably the least interesting segment we've ever recorded. I think we thought that this would be a nice opportunity for banter, but you know, it's kind of hard to banter when we're both like engaged in tasks. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm going to give that one a thumbs down. Um, sorry. You, you didn't like it? I enjoyed it greatly, and I think the listener will as well. Where did you go? Rob is let go. I am there trying to negotiate the dog out of my seat. Get closer. All right. Well, you don't have to go. <laughs> Stay here. I just want to move over a little bit. <laughs> I'm finally developing a rapport. Yeah, that's what you thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. The only thing you're being is a rapport um, dog sitter right now. Well, back on the couch. He's back on the couch. All right, he's coming back. Hey, yeah, that's okay. I just wanted the ends. My laptop cord doesn't go that long. Yeah, give me some kisses. Yeah, we're good. We're friends. All right. You are friends. Yeah, see, this dog, this dog loves me now. Or I just smell like I spilled coffee on myself. One or the other. Do dogs Um, like coffee? Is coffee one of those things that they can't eat? No idea. Not going to give it to them. (laughs) But anyway, now that we have taken this 40-minute interlude, um, we can begin discussing your film. Um, So that is, what what year is this? Is this 20-something? Who who gives a fuck? Who... (laughs) I would say I would place this sometime in the aughts if I got into my head. Yeah, definitely. But I want to say yeah. 2012. I'm going to look it up. You think it was 2012? And I've forgotten the name. It's such, well, a, yeah, that's... It's such a long, weird, bad name. The Last Lovecraft. <laughs> the Last Lovecraft Relic of Cthulhu. Oh, you know what? 2009. Yeah. Yep, I knew it. I fucking knew it. Yeah, I knew it wasn't as late as the 2010s. Early. Yeah. Yeah. A little early. But anyway, The Last Lovecraft Relic of Cthulhu. Um, Did I get it right? Did I get the name right? That is correct. The Last Lovecraft Relic of Cthulhu. It rolls right off the tongue. It's very easy to remember. Um, so cool. 2009, directed by Henry Sane. Um... Roll the trailer, which I'm sure is delightful. No, you know there's a trailer. The greatest evil ever known. He's ready to return. And the only ones who can stop it. No man shall prevent the second coming of the great old ones. Are these guys. Squirrely squirrel gift baskets, this is Jeff. May I take your order? You're the end of a great bloodline. I was wondering if you wanted to come to my place this weekend. Actually, um, me and Charlie were working on this whole comic book thing. The last living relative of Lovecraft himself. What are we gonna do? I don't know, you're supposed to save the world? Really? I look like a puppet to you, bro. You're the two guys who came to the master's house for help. What, the master of your grandma's guest room? Ow! You're wearing a Cthulhu mask. Yeah. The one you promised not to open without me. You wouldn't dare. Oh, wouldn't I dare? No, 
Then why is my hand moving slowly towards your face? I don't know, but you're not daring. It's, it's like a nerd toy. black hole. With one ball. I'm going on an adventure with my friends. It's an adventure full of glory and danger. Hey, this is my sex face. Please don't say what you always say when my friends come over, that I'm fat and retarded. But that's how you look. Come on! You boys ever been fish-raped? It's something you're not likely to forget. That relic is reassembled. All hell's gonna break loose. I do have a weapon stashed not far from here. I'll give him a real fight. I'm like a ninja eagle. Damn you, you fish worshiping freaks! It's time. We got company. To take. God, second save in the world. A stand. We're gonna die. The last Lovecraft. I got the relic. Whoa, what are you doing? I'll never be your dungeon master again. Welcome back from the trip. Wasn't that lovely? Um, Was it? Do you think they said? You know, before before we continue, I'm just going to say this pour over is growing on me a little bit. Still a little watery, but the flavor is all right. Okay. All right. Well, maybe they just have good coffee that they could perfectly brew in a Mister Coffee. I don't. I don't know, man. We're we're moving on from that issue. But um, we're Americans. We drink drip coffee. All right. So all tell right. us. Tell us about the last. The last Lovecraft and his relic of Cthulhu. I think to tell this story, I think I'm going to start at how I found this movie. So so I. Um, trying to think. So I, at some point, got into H.P. Lovecraft. When I say got into H.P. Lovecraft, I mean I got into H.P. Lovecraft as a pop culture consumer, not as a uh, literary cons uh, 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 consumer, right? So basically, what had happened was I had heard about basically the Cthulhu myth uh, mythos and H.P. Lovecraft, and I was like, that sounds cool as shit. Okay, I want to get more into this. And so I saw that there were all these books, and I was like, I'm not reading those. There must be a movie, right? So I started watching. And, and here's the thing about Lovecraft. There just aren't a lot of, 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 of Lovecraft movies. There just aren't. Yeah, so I, I, this is something that I was going to talk about, um, that Lovecraft is like, I think, especially a few years ago, it was really having a moment. Um, yeah. The word Lovecraftian was getting used a lot by a lot of people who, some of whom even used it appropriately. Some of them I just <laughs> think meant creepy, generally. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it kind of went the same way as Kafka-esque. Yeah, yeah. It means yeah. bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, like, at the same time, like doesn't has simultaneously like a lot of cultural cachet and not necessarily a lot of cultural um 
understanding or, or yeah or even just real like influence um yeah like uh, i influence is the wrong because i think that like yeah yeah there are actually like a lot of lovecraft adjacent movies um yes yeah has a strong influence on the culture um yeah yeah i i i would say i would say basically like like a lot of the idea behind like body horror like you can you can say directly ties to lovecraft i mean i i would say that like a good number of the horror movies i have recommended for this podcast have been lovecraftian in one way or another yes yeah alien definitely lovecraft vibes the thing oh the thing huge lovecraft like very lovecraft literally literally being from another planet that has been here longer than we have right coming out of the depths in antarctica right yeah like yeah yeah and then some body horror shit going on you know what i mean uh, another um carpenter movie um in the mouth of madness that again is not a direct lovecraft adaptation but is very lovecraftian yeah uh, like he's definitely made a stamp on the culture but like there's there's not a lot of actual lovecraft property out there other than like the short stories and a couple of novels which yeah 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 and like a handful of movies like 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 there are a handful of movies that are that were taken from lovecraft but they're not like but no like no like big and 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 what i and and i think what we'll talk about is no good movies you know what i mean some okay ones like there was a a nicholas cage movie that came out a few years ago color out of space that's not bad um oh okay it's not perfect um but it does it's got some cool body horror it's got like i mean it's one of those things where like Lovecraft was doing it first, but like because of the thing, it kind of feels like Color Out of Space is ripping off the thing because the effects are yeah. so influenced by the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, it, it, it's an imperfect movie, but there's definitely a lot to like there. Um, and like there have, um, At the Mountains of Madness is one of those, is like a, a project that like a like a dozen different people have tried to get yeah. off the ground and has never happened. Um, I think Tom Cruise wanted to make a version at one point. Um, um, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, he's he's the one who came closest. There's actually like a script that you can read online that's pretty good um, that he wanted to make out of it. But it's just one of those like cursed properties that no one has ever actually successfully adapted. Um, yeah, yeah. Which, which, which to be fair, to be fair to all of them, like, because that's actually one of the ones where I actually I didn't read it. I listened to the audiobook, right? But I actually read Call of Cthulhu. Uh, I sat down and made myself read it, um, and it took me a very took me way longer than I probably should have, but I did it because uh, it's not actually that long. Call of Cthulhu is not actually that long. He wasn't. Uh, I mean, his his work. I mean, he wrote, mostly wrote short stories and novellas. He's you know he's not. Yes. He's, yeah. got, he's got brevity, if nothing else. Yeah, but listen, you know how I read. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, but, 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 but no, 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 but, um, um, what was it? No, 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 but, 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 but Out of the Mountains of Madness, like, like, I mean, like, because you're talking about, like, basically, like, but I guess they made the thing, but, like, it's, it's the thing, and then, like, but then you also have to depict, like, I don't even know how many of the, um, 
oh my god what are those are those those aren't old ones what are those ones called um shoggoths shoggoths yeah shoggoths and then what are the flying things are the flying things shoggoths no shoggoths i think are the big like crawling gooey yeah, big things and i don't i don't yeah. know what flying things are called maybe like called elder ones or something like that but yeah, I, either way, either way, depicting like, like, like I mean, because Lovecraft, because since he was writing, he went big. You know what I mean, right? He went big and a lot, and 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 the whole point of Lovecraft's writing and 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 so, and it's so funny to think what it was that was inspiring him because the thing about Lovecraft is that. Um, and you and I know this, but like I, this is just I think just to talk. Most people know this; it's very closely associated with him. But yes, he was insanely racist, like for the time, racist. Yes, like yeah, yeah, like people at the time were like, well, and and like and like and like and like, and like the people he was the most disturbed by, like like yes, he did not like black people. Yes, but really, the people he's disturbed by are like the it's Irish. Hard. And the Italians and like the French Canadians, even like yeah, like 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 he was like <laughs> like he would he's he's writing in like Massachusetts or whatever, you know. I, I don't think like he's really encountering that many like you know that many black people in like yeah or just people of color like anyone like just yeah. But you know he yes. gets he gets some dipshit like walking down the street screaming about the socks. He's like, civilization is crumbling. We live yeah. in a degenerate world. Exactly. No, it's so funny to think about like New England is just associated with like Catholic white ethnics when like for most of its history, it's like like Protestant wasps. You yeah. know what I mean? And like and like you know and like the Catholic white ethnics, like specifically like as someone who like 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 my mom's whole side of the family are like. French Canadian Catholic from New England. You know what I mean? Well, not from New England, from from Quebec, who then immigrated to New England and like set up like in these towns where like it was all wasps, and then they moved in, and then the Portuguese moved in, and then they had like a weird turf war with the Portuguese. It's very strange. New England's a weird place. But like, yeah, but like that's the thing, right? So like, so like he builds these like worlds in which like in which, like, in which, like, the main character is this, like, every man who is just thrown into this situation where it is, like, where, where, where that dread we were talking about, right? But it's not just like dread on like an individual; it is cosmic dread, right? It is, it is that, it is, it is that you are so infinitesimally small, right? That, like, that, like, you are nothing, right? And there is nothing you can do. Right. There is no defeating these things. Right. You know, maybe you can kill one and get away, but like you're not winning. You know what I mean? You are a joke. Right. And so and so and 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 that was inspired by, again, him statistically possibly just seeing one of my ancestors, which, you know, people, you know, considering the reactions people have to me, very fair. But so but so but so I became obsessed with this because i just thought like and, and i think that's is why like you know like especially at this time like people are just it's very reddit you know what i mean right right people are just into some cool shit oh this has 
a shit ton of lore because he built like an insane amount of lore, yeah. right? Into these, into these, like, like you said, like not very long stories, right? I'm going I'm to say, and we're going to get to this in, in, a, in a little bit, but I just want to pin in, I think that not always being his strong suit, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that in a second. I just want to, I just want to. The lore building? Yeah, I want to, I want to circle back to that eventually, at least as it ties into this movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we can totally do that. Uh, uh, but, you know, right, right. But, you know, but, but so he builds this, he builds these worlds, right, that are all somewhat interconnected, right, in these stories, right, about that is basically, the crux of it is, is that, like, you know, humanity is kind of this joke created by these, uh, these extraterrestrial beings that came to Earth and basically just set up shop. right and then just kind of like chilled right you know what i mean um and you know right and have been like long forgotten about but like their influence has been seen throughout history and then throughout of uh body themes primarily um yes yeah yeah yeah. a lot of overlap between uh hp and elrond yes yes Yes, yes, exactly, yes, exactly. Which is, like, so funny because it's, like, like, yeah, like, <laughs> you can literally, you can literally, like, look at, like, Dianetics and this and just be, like, you're just, you're, you're, just, you're like, kind of low-key just ripping off HP. You know what I mean? Although we don't know what Elrond's cat was named. That we don't know. <laughs> Who's to say? Uh, look up, look at the name of HP Lovecraft's cat, folks. Anyway, um, but... But so, yeah, but so, you know, right. So, you know, I got, I got really into that. And then, and then discovering the, 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 the kind of deeper, once you get past the like, oh, cool monsters, right? Like, you know, like, like once you really get into like what he's talking about and just the like, the, the, the incredible weirdness, uh, because I like him as a writer. I mean, he's, he kind of suffers from that thing that some writers do, I think, where it's like, where it's like, all right, man, like get to the point. You know what I mean, right? He's big. Yeah, yeah. but like, he's big. What? He's big on description. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they'll like kind of like go on for a while. And it's like we get it, we get it. But, but also, what's I'm, up? Then? Sorry, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. You go ahead. But I mean, that's that's kind of what I. A lot of what I like about what I've read of his, I'm, and I'm not a completionist, I've read a little bit, and I, I've liked what I've read, but like what I really dig about Lovecraft is, again, that, that sort of like sense of like trying to describe something that is indescribable. Yes. The horror that comes out of that, of like, you know, being confronted with something that challenges like your, your notion of what is real. And um, yeah being impossible it being impossible to square that circle and like you know sort of the 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 process of someone like you know kind of losing their mind a little bit confronted by something that is beyond their perception um yeah 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 when, when, when he describes the sunken city of Berlay and he talks about the non-euclidean architecture you know and of course i had to look up what the fuck does non-euclidean mean right but like, but like, like, if you don't know what that means, that means like, basically, basically, he's talking about impossible architecture, like, like, like buildings that should not stand, you know, structures that should not stand and yet are standing all the same, like, like, and that is what I love, right, right? Because yeah, he, he is a little verbose, but like, but like, 
like yeah, but like you said like what he is getting to is like is like is trying to i think in these descriptions like mimic as close as he can what it would be like to see something that not only you've never seen before personally but that you could not imagine you know what i mean right like there are some horrible things that i've not seen personally but that i could imagine you know what i mean right like you know certain types of like gore and tragedy and stuff like that like i haven't seen it personally but i can imagine what it would look like right and seeing it while that might be you know where that might be traumatic right would be something that you know would 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 feel like 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 okay like this is like 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 but like what he is describing is like you said like the indescribable it is something that just by seeing it makes you question reality you know what i mean and i yeah. think what's interesting about this film to start circling back is it posits what if the person encountering that unquantifiable cosmic evil was beavis and butthead yes 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 what if this was the stupidest like 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 2000s like 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 late aughts, early twenty tens, Reddit idiots, right? Like just 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 guys that think that they're so fucking cool, right? You know what I mean, right? Because they go like um, awkward, you know what I mean? And they're the funniest guy at the fucking office, right? What if it's just the most normie bullshit idiots fucking coming in and fucking. Well, like, I, don't, I don't know if I would agree with that characterization of them because oh, you wouldn't. No, they're very clearly delineated as, as nerds. You know, these are nerds. These these aren't normies. These are these are men who collect action figures and write comic books in their spare time. You know, these are. I think you're right about Reddit, but not like normie Reddit, like you know, fanboy Reddit, um, and. So you, you were saying that, I, I do want to back up for a second here. So you were saying that your introduction to this film was that you just wanted to see a Lovecraft movie because you were in the depths of your obsession and just searched for Lovecraft, I'm assuming, and found this. Yes, yes. So my introduction to this was, well, it was you. Um, and, you know, I just knew that this was going to be a, a low-budget Lovecraft adaptation. So, you know, my, my expectations were pretty low. Um, not that, you know, there's some great low budget horror, but like, you know, just the title alone like indicates to me this was not created by a great writer. Um, nope. You know, no. Oh, what's wrong with the title? <laughs> what's wrong with you don't like the title? The Last Lovecraft colon Relic of Cthulhu, which, by the way, by the way, you know they thought they were making a sequel. You know that's why there's a colon there, because they thought they were making a sequel. I mean, it sounds like it is a sequel. Um, it does. It does. Yeah. And believe me, I've searched for the last Lovecraft. It's not a sequel. Um, no, this is, I think, one of only two movies the director made. Um, but, yeah. Um, and so, you know, my expectations were all and I, I Googled it, and uh, the first thing I saw was horror comedy. And yes. my heart just sank. Um, yes. yes. But what I will say, watching this film, this is not a good movie. Um, no. It is by every, pretty much every measure a, a, a bad movie. Um, but 
my expectations were so low um, that, I, you know, just from the, honestly, from the opening shot, when I put it on and saw that it had not been shot to like a mini DV camcorder, I was like, oh, this movie looks impressive. <laughs> ultimately, my experience of watching this was kind of the same experience I had with Jason X, Jason Goes to Space. I was like, this is a bad movie, but it seems like everybody had a fun week making it. So who am I to like cast yeah. this way, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but it, Rob is being very terrible. I will cast dispersions because also what I think is important about this movie is that this is a movie that like, I want to show like, like Zoomers. Like I want to show them this movie and be like, okay, remember when you were like, I don't know, a baby and not really understanding what was going on in the world, right? Kind of like how like we experienced the 90s, you know what I mean, right? Like like we were there for the 90s, but like, I mean, what do you really remember of the 90s? It's like, okay, there was like that election. Uh, uh, I primarily remember recess. Yes, exactly, exactly, yeah. The activity and the television program. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Let's see. Oh, what were the 90s like? Uh, um, let's see. Well, we watched Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and then uh, we played a lot of soccer. That's what I remember. That was the 90s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what's it called? Oh, yeah, and then I remember they made us read a scholastic uh, thing about there was some election. Then I remember um, my dad being like, wait, who are you going to vote for? My mom saying, I think I'm going to vote for Dole. And then he just went, fucking really? Uh yeah, that was my, that's the 90s. That's what I remember. Yeah. And then there was a the year 2000 and my parents were like, uh, wait, should we buy stuff? And then my dad said, no, nah, I think our neighbors got stuff. We'll be fine. And that was all the preparation. And then we went to a party. We've, we've gotten the point of the 90s, Matt. You're anyway. Really you're describing too long. Yeah, sorry. I, <laughs> I don't even have a cat. Uh, no, I'm going to keep making that joke. No, uh, but, but, like, but like, I want still keep naming it what you still keep oh should i say the name should i say rob wait are you telling me to say the name i didn't land that joke do not say the name don't say the name no yeah anyway no but 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 like but like i feel like like this is like this is a movie that is very of the time like like when you said 2009 i was like yeah this is like yeah like 2009 to 2012 like this is a movie that like we could show like 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 a zoomer and be like this is what people in the 2000s were like. Like watching this movie, I was like, "Yep, that that's the 2000s." Yeah, I mean, I think I think there is something to that um, because, like, I, I feel like there are like you know, I think I think we've touched on this point before, but I think there there like there are two kinds of bad movies. You know, there are the ones that are like so caught up in the like. Uh, in improperly expressed or just repugnant like personal vision of the director that they end up being deeply revealing of like some weird psychoses you know like like the room is a great example like yes there is some fucking psychology on display in the room um, yep yep there sure is deeply personal with that man i feel like i know tommy wiseau having seen the room. yep 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 hard to agree you also have movies where it's like, you know, they, they seem like they have an understanding of the beats of what a movie is supposed to be. 
um, you know, a popular movie, you know, sort of popular tropes of the time, just inadequately expressed because of just budget or incompetence or, you know, whatever, um, where you get like something that is, you know, kind of like Jason X, like it's, it's, you know, you see the skeleton of a slasher movie there, but so degraded and denuded that you actually kind of get a better look at the bones um yeah because there's, there's nothing yeah. distra- there's nothing distracting you from you know just the basis of it and like you can in this weird kind of uncanny valley way you can see what you know what they're drawing on closer because they're just off by like five or ten percent um yeah and this is that kind of movie like it really gives you a sense of that like you know like Dane Cook era yeah. comedy where it's like intentionally aggressive and offensive and shocking um, and again also like kind of nerdy and fanboyy and self-deprecating in a way that's also kind of self-aggrandizing um, but yeah like, so and also just you know a little random um, yeah yeah uh, that you kind of like get a, a a clearer sense of it in a way than you would in like a a better movie that like kind of lulls you into just kind of accepting it because you're just along for the ride because it's fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I think that that's a really good way. Like, 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 and that's why I said like, 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 like. I want to show this movie to the Zoomers, right? Because because I think for those reasons, because since you don't have someone like you know like like a professional comedian who was of that ilk. Right. Right. You know, with like, you know, with like, you know, like in a movie like, I don't know, like, uh, like waiting, you know what I mean? Right. Like waiting is a Dane Cook property. Right. But it, it has a lot of those waiting Ryan Reynolds. Oh, that is Ryan. But that is same fucking difference. Same fucking difference. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's because it is that kind of comedy. Right. Right. But you have like you have like. Ryan Reynolds and a bunch of professional actors, right? And and even though, yeah, it is like, I mean, I'm not going to say like waiting is like a good movie, you know what I mean? But like, you know, it made me laugh at the time, right? Uh, but like, but 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 like, in this, you get it like because like, like like you get like normal, it's like normal people doing it, you know what I mean? This is like, this is a great like historical document of like the guy this is what the guy at work who loves waiting sounded like like exactly yes yeah yes yes exactly not not the not the successful guy but just the guy who's seen waiting too many times and thinks he's funny and is going to like make kind of jokes at you though this is a fossil record of that guy yes yes this yes exactly this is a fossil record of the guy you were going to have to go into work or, or school or your social group or whatever it was at the time, right? And you were going to have to encounter this man, right? And it is a man who does not really exist anymore. You know what I mean? Like, this is not like, 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 like you don't really find people like this anymore. You know what I mean? This is kind of, it, it, it's, it's kind of come and gone, right? You know? They're, they're still out there, man. I mean, there are, there, I mean, Reddit is still one of the most popular sites on the internet. It's definitely changed, but like, I mean, I was at this, I was at a, I was at a minor league uh, baseball game last weekend up in uh, State College, Pennsylvania, and there was a, 
there was a dude in the row in front of me um, who uh, looked like the fake Eric Wareheim guy in this movie. Um, yeah. And had like the exact same sense of humor. We were like sitting next to the opposing team's dugout and he was like kind of lightly razzing them the whole game, like making these kinds of jokes. Um, just those those guys are still in the wild, man. You know, they're they're an endangered species, but they're out there. You know, annoying yeah. annoying nerds who think they're funnier than they are will will are adaptable to any environment. And you know, they might not always be the dominant species, but they will find their niche. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. That's no, 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 no. That's a good point, and I think why this is an important fossil record is and, because, and as evidence of that, see the continued success of Ryan Reynolds. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. That's a really good point. He's a bigger star now than he ever was in the two thousands. You know, he was one of those guys who people kept trying to make happen, and it just never totally clicked. Like waiting was not a big comedy. Um, no. He didn't become the dude until Deadpool. You know, those those dudes are still out there. Deadpool is the the, the canon oh, of this type of humor, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know what's the and, and, and you know what's the thing is that I fucking watched Deadpool in the theaters and it made me fucking die laughing. Like that's the thing. Like Deadpool. It, Deadpool is not my favorite movie in the world. I I, I like it well enough. I don't love it. Um, I, I bear it no ill will. Other than that, it reminds me so much of these guys. Yes. It's not really its fault, but it is, it is, you know, kind of like what we've talked about with Joss Whedon. Like, you know, it's not mm-hmm. really my cup of tea. I don't mind it. Um, but it reminds me of so many hollow imitators that I hate that I kind yeah. of bear it a little bit of ill will that isn't totally its fault. Yeah, I mean, it's the Borat phenomenon, right? Like, like Borat, Borat. I will say what I, I love Borat. <laughs> oh yeah, no, me too. No, 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 no. I like Borat more than either of those other two things. But you're right. No. It, it did. It was so dominant that it became really annoying really fast. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, that's it. No, I saw Borat in the theaters hilariously with with you know with like my dad and my brothers, but also for some reason my grandfather, who <laughs> not a fan. He did not like it very much. Yeah, I know. Would you believe that? This man born in 1937 wasn't a huge fan of Borat. Um, but especially a lot of the Jew jokes. <laughs> but anyway, um, um, but, but, like, but like Borat was an incredibly funny movie. And I remember seeing him in the theater being like, that is the, fu-. I was like, that's the funniest movie I've ever seen. And then for like, what, four or five years after that, it was just constantly my wife and make my day over and over and over again until I like, I was just like, I would, I, it took me, I didn't watch Borat again for another like 10 years just because I was like, I can't take this. I cannot fucking take like, like the first few weeks. Yeah. It was funny to do that. And I did that. And then after a little while, it was like, I, I don't ever want to hear another joke from this movie ever again. You know what I mean? But that's the thing, but you're right. You're right. This is a, this is a, this is a, this is a fossilized version of the pale imitators of the dominant pop culture of this era. You know what I mean? Because this is who these guys are. These are just normal ass guys. And yeah, and you know, and I will give them kudos for like, okay, they like put in 
more effort than others would have into making this product. This is clearly something of a passion of theirs. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, no, yeah, I fucking hated them. I hated them. I hated watching it again. And I got myself and I got you. But um, but no, but but it is it is just I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, the, the, the story of this movie is basically just like two like, like it's just like a bunch of nerds who clearly love Cthulhu and H.P. Lovecraft just just making. Hold on. Two of them love H.P. Lovecraft. Our protagonist, the actual love, last Lovecraft, is not a Lovecraft fiend and needs to have Lovecraft lore explained to him at length. Um, yeah, but you know, I guarantee you in real life, that guy's a huge Lovecraft fan. They just were like, they just were like dorking out at the possibility of like getting to explain Lovecraft to people that might not know who H.P. Lovecraft is. I mean, that that dude isn't a writer. I mean, he's a... Uh, um, oh, you think they did casting for this, Rob? Rob, you think they did casting for this movie? Yeah, no, I do. Because do you, do you know who that actor is? No. He's the dude on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia who plays the white rapper that they think is retarded. <laughs> The whole time I was watching the movie, I was like, where do I recognize that guy from? I know I've seen him somewhere. I was thinking the same thing, but I thought it was just because I've seen the movie before. <laughs> Which, how funny is that? I've seen this movie twice. Yeah, I mean, you would have to have. To have um, but, um, like, I mean, I don't, I don't, this, like, this is, Again, like I was a little surprised by the level of production value on this movie. I mean, I was I yeah. was expecting like, you know, um, like Coven level, like just pure amateur, um, yeah, Manos yeah. stuff, and like it's not that. Um, it's not no. good, but like it is in focus. It is competently lit. Some of the practical effects are actually okay. None of them are great. Some of them are really embarrassing. The CGI is all awful. But yes. There were yes. a few practical effects like that fish fucking eel thing like attaches its sucker to the window. It's like, oh, that's actually kind of an effective effect there. Like, I don't mind that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, so, so, oh, go ahead. But like, you know, it's got real actors in it. Um, like fucking Martin Starr is in this movie. Like, yeah. What like what did they have to like blackmail him into being in a scene in this movie where he like gets beaten up by the fake Eric Wareheim bird? Like that was a little depressing for me. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you th- do you th- do you think that he's just? By, by the way, randomly, uh, Martin Starr was just one of those guys that I when I was living in LA, like randomly just saw and. I have also randomly seen Martin Starr at an Indian restaurant in London. I had I was eating chicken tikka masala and he with my parents and he was with his parents at the next table. 
did you just now hold on now i don't know if you did this because this is what i did you just randomly stare at him for like way too long trying to feel like where do i know that guy from no i was like that's martin Starr from party down and then explained to my parents you know what silicon valley was oh okay that's what you did yeah because i just stared at him (laughs) i just stared at him for like two minutes which doesn't sound like a long time but that's a long time to just stare at a fella it is and and he just kept kind of like looking at like kind of like over at me right trying to figure and i'm just like i'm just like not illegal to stare i'm trying to figure out who you are you know what i mean i'm trying to yeah i don't know yeah yeah you know what you should be able to harass celebrities anyway no um what's it called yeah no yeah yeah but so martin stars in the which i bet you part of it is just he's probably knew someone it's probably just martin star seems like he's i mean he's a nerd right you know what i mean i guess i don't know i guess i don't know how funny would it be if a guy like martin star is just like not at all like doesn't give a shit about any of this shit and he's just been so typecasted because he looks like that yeah i mean I, I'm trying to think of where his career was at in 2009. I mean, eh, he, was, he was doing fine. He was just in, uh, like, knocked up two years earlier. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, I was I was trying to think. Like, I mean, was his like freaks and geeks royalties were they running out? But no. I mean, he was he was just to be like party down was 2009, which was never a big show, but it ruled. And you know, he was doing fine. Yeah, I don't know. I guess he wanted to be in this. I guess, yeah. He's worked pretty I mean, consistently. No, I don't know. Yeah. Were you a Freaks and Geeks guy? Did you like Freaks and Geeks? I mean, not, I didn't see it at the time, but it is a show that I, like, went back and watched. And, yeah, yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is one of those shows where, it is in, where like, the cast is insane in retrospect. Yeah, it's like everyone was in the show. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just top to bottom. Yeah. Um, what's it called? But, uh, but, yeah, no, no, no. But, I mean, like, but, like, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like, the 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 acting so the acting in this movie isn't great but what i'll say is is that some of the because it because so much of the but like the this is like a weird movie because like because you're right it's not a good movie like this is not a movie i enjoyed watching you know what i mean like like um you know and like like the plot is very stupid right so you know i I think we should pause and just set that up real quick because we have not done that so let me let me because i know this is always a struggle for you let me just do a a lightning round set of the plot so um you have so the basic setup is you have um i don't remember the character's name i'm gonna call him little kevin from um it's always sunny i believe that was the character's name um little kev maybe i don't know um but he is i don't know he oh hell yeah sorry can i just tell you real quick i just had a uh splinter work its way out of my arm from when i found a big log on the beach and picked it up there you go all right um congratulations that's so cool that your body can do that yeah i'm also going to say as long as we're giving just random updates i've decided i liked the poor over um, all right you're you're a fucking traitor we're gonna make fun of tim we can't tell tim that you liked it we gotta we gotta give him shit for it all right but anyway um little kev he works at uh he's like a customer service guy like a phone based 
scented candle company or some shit like that greeting card something dumb yeah yeah like delivery baskets or something or other uh and he's got a friend who also works there whose name i've also forgotten and i'm just gonna call him dane cook because he gives that kind of energy Um, yep yep has like like the hair and everything yeah he's like he's coded as like a nerd who fucks a lot um the worst kind yeah yeah um yeah these are guys these are guys just kind of give you a, a, a thing they work at a place where they seemingly like deliver some sort of like 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 baskets or scented candles or something like that but also like answer phones but for some reason have to come in more than business casual to work like they are in ties and vests yeah. um which 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 it really doesn't seem like that is like maybe the dress code it seems like that is a decision by them to wear vests. So yeah, because there's the woman who works for the company who's dressed like she's about to hit the club. Um, yes, yes, yes. Just like comes up to Lil Kev and is basically like, do you want to come over this weekend and fuck me? Um, and he's like, no, I have to work on my comic book. Yeah, despite I, which I mean, I think I think this woman has brain damage. Um, <laughs> Uh, sorry did you did you like did you like how did you like how in that scene um dane cook uh keeps talking about uh uh how he wants her to and i quote uh suck his pp and says pp several times referring to his dick yeah he's saying pp he was giving very you energy um but um you gonna do yeah and then little kev is you know less nerdy like doesn't seem as into the comics and whatnot but is you know sort of a you know more of like a just kind of spineless jellyfish guy with no confidence um hence his ability to say yes to the um woman who's just like would you like to have sex with me later um which again like this is this is not a dude who's giving like I don't know why you would be attracted to him unless you like, I don't know, unless it was some sort of weird sort of entrapment thing where she was planning on like bringing him out to a cabin harvesting his organs. Um, (laughs) Yeah. She's actually an FBI agent. She was going to radicalize him. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But anyway, it turns out Lil Kev is actually the last living descendant of H.P. Lovecraft. And within the... uh, mythology of this movie hp lovecraft had special powers um that allowed him to when he actually for real discovered the cthulhu mythos which he did not make up he actually just found it and then wrote about it but he was uniquely gifted among humans to withstand its brain melting insanity and could just kind of be like okay that's weird but i'm okay with that um yeah, yeah. I guess on his mom's side, because this guy's last name is Phillips, and that's... I think they imply that he was a bastard, or descended from a bastard. You know, that H.P. Lovecraft had no known descendants, but maybe he was getting a little strange on the side, you know? Um, yeah, but then why would this guy's last name be Phillips? Because yeah, Howard Phillips Lovecraft, so oh. it's his mom's... So that's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's what. No, no. I'm saying it's stupid. I'm saying it's stupid that yes. No, 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 no. Because you're right. No, because they do imply that he's a bastard, right? But 
why no, like he's just like a distant cousin it's so stupid i hate this oh, stupid movie anyway sorry continue but there's a whole thing where there's some sort of relic that if he does honestly i've already forgotten the mechanics of the plot there's a relic thing that only he can use and somehow it do, will... do you want me to say it i actually do remember the mechanics uh, just let me, let me finish real first somehow the relic will fucking stop cthulhu if he uses it right and no what... reverse reverse the, no the relic the relic is the key to releasing cthulhu from 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 relay from the sunken city and star spawn uh one of cthulhu's main generals is trying to is trying to release cthulhu yeah, so they lay all this out when it when this fucking old guy um, from the like anti-Cthulhu cults or whatever. It's not very well, yeah. but there's some you know order from the council. The, yeah, the order of the old guys who hate Cthulhu and I guess are the good guys realize that he's the last Lovecraft and he has to use the or destroy or whatever with the relic of Cthulhu to stop Cthulhu from Cthulhuing all over the place. Mm-hmm. dude from the council just sort of breaks into his house and is waiting for little kev when he gets home from work just to be like hi i am 100 years old and look like i have no penis and i'm here to tell you that uh you are <laughs> and all of this stuff is real but here's this rock and you have to destroy this rock only you can do it and probably you're gonna die about it and hi anyway yeah i'm in your house um yeah so i'm gonna stop you right there I'm going to stop you right there because that, so what you just described sounds like a semi-coherent plot. What, 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 in reality, what it was, was, hey, so, so you're right, I'm, I'm a hundred-year-old guy who looks like he doesn't have a penis. Yes, yes, that is very much the vibes. Giving, like, Canadian eunuch energy. <laughs> yes, yes. He said, no, 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 it, just, it, or, or, or Stephen Harper because if Stephen yeah. Harper, yeah, 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 if Stephen Harper had court eunuchs, yes, this is one of the guys. Yes, yes, you know this MF's last name is Mackenzie, is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> Gordon, but Gordon Mackenzie. Gordon, Gordon Mackenzie. This is a Gordon Mackenzie-looking motherfucker. Absolutely. But 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 so no no no. So that's the thing. So what you said was actually almost a semi-coherent plot where like they could have like an adventure with like an end goal. No, no. When he says, "Hey." So this is a relic. This was made by the old ones. This releases, paired with the other relic, which I guess the guys who are supposed to be in like the esoteric order of Dagon have, right? Right? So they have one relic. They need this other piece to complete the relic, which can release Cthulhu. But this was made by the old ones and cannot be destroyed. It cannot be destroyed. It is impossible to be destroyed. I am 100 years old and understand all this. So that's why I'm giving it to you, a man who, while admittedly younger, understands none of this, and you just have to uh, guard it. That's what you have to do. You have to guard it against these uh, extraterrestrial forces. What, the other thing that they do in this scene is they give you a, a whole exposition dump on basically the whole history of the Cthulhu War. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is another one of those things that's like, you know, you can see them like playing with a trope, but also it's like, you know, the, like it's an animated sequence and like the, like there's a long and mostly ignominious like history of like 
animated exposition dumps. Like if you just got to dump like five minutes worth of lore on the audience, like do it in some animation, you know, it'll liven it up or whatever. Um, And honestly, that kind of works better than if they just like had them explaining it. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but like, you know, it kind of hurts the cause when it like the animation just looks like a Homestar Runner cartoon. Um, Yeah, that is tough. And I'll also say like just one the like i i have kind of two problems with this like even beyond just the kind of shitty animation like one i don't necessarily want too much of my lovecraft explained like part of what's dreadful about it is the like the mystery of it like there's this thing that's like you know i'm staring at this giant thing that i cannot understand and like allowing me to understand kind of robs it of some of its power. Um, but especially the second even bigger problem with this is like the way that they characterize Cthulhu, which is like flows from its, you know, just again, like fucking Beavis and Butthead Reddit, like cockeyed approach to everything is they just like, you know, where everything must be fucking rad, you know? Um, but also like kind of funny and we're in on it, but you know, it's also, it's heavy metal and stupid at the same time. Um, like they just, they turn Cthulhu into like this, you know, big fucking strong dude who smashes and uses like Triceratops in his army and like, you know, kind of just robs him of some of the, again, just some of the like existential dread when he's basically just yeah like heavy metal Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They really, they really, and that's, and, and, and I would say, and I think this is what makes this a bad movie, partially, right? Uh, uh, apart from the other stuff, right? But like, also. This is, there are a lot of reasons this is a bad movie, but I think this is specifically why it's a bad Lovecraft movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this is why I think it was so disappointing to me when I watched it. It was because like, I want and, and and it's funny, you know, you know, there's a Lovecraft movie um that was made uh called call of cthulhu that was made around the same time um i I watched a ton of these things um um, but that was interestingly done and was also done kind of in the same way of being like clearly like a lower budget movie but what they did was was they filmed it in black and white like you know obviously not like true black and white right but you know like they used an effect right um uh, but it was filmed in black and white uh and it was silent. They made a silent movie uh, sometime in the two thousands, right? And 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 I think what they did was was you know was was they they relied a lot more on that not seeing stuff. You know what I mean, right? A lot more on that dread versus here. No, they just show you shit, right? And it is more in that kind of like jump scary vibe. You know what I mean, right? But it's not even jump scares because it's a comedy, right? It's more, right? You know, it's more like played for um, action with like, a, but like, I mean, you don't feel any suspense. Like, if you, I'm sorry, if you watch this movie and you feel suspense, like, you need to get tested. You yeah. know what I mean? But like, I you think need, that's their intent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's if you genuinely feel more of a, it, it feels like they're going more for a slasher vibe than like a yeah. horror thing. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And 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 just reiterate, if you if you watch this movie and you feel suspense, you should go to the social security office because you definitely qualify for some sort of assistance. Um, but no, 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 but no, no, but I think you're right. Like, like, and that's and 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 I think that that is one of the big issues I end up having, which you know, like that's the thing, right? Because of like all that Reddit shit, like on the one hand, like I like like it does disseminate things like this to a wider audience. I had not heard of Lovecraft until he, he, he like had that like resurgence moment, right? Around the time of this movie, right? In the, like the, like the 2010s, right? You know, on like places like Reddit, you know what I mean? Right. Where he became like a meme, you know what I mean? Right. You know, like, I, th- I think I like first heard about Cthulhu from fucking South Park. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, like, you know, and like, and that's the thing, right? Like, like, but like, you know, um, but I think what's so poisonous about that is that like, is, is that like when it stops being this cosmic horror and just becomes this cool shit, you lose so much of what is actually cool about Lovecraft. Like, I remember the moment when I actually started just instead of like, you know, just being like, oh, this is epic, right? And started actually like delving into Lovecraft, right? Like when I realized, oh, it's the cosmic horror. You know what I mean? It's the feeling of nothingness, of you being nothing, right? That is, that's what's so effective about it, right? And, 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 and this movie just completely misses that. Just completely misses that. No, no, just cool octopus uh, Godzilla guy. You know what I mean? That's what this is, right? And look at these evil octopus guys. You know what I mean? Trying to, you know, and you got like, you know, basically like, you know, the raptors from fucking Jurassic Park level, right? In like the, you know, in like, uh, I forget what those, do they also call them old ones? But I don't think those are deep ones. Yes. Yes. And the deep ones. Yeah. You know, which like. And I mean, those calling those raptors is way giving them way too much credit that, that's the worst practical effect they look like a, a kid in a like a pterodactyl halloween mask they got from party city yeah no absolutely no those suck what i will say though is can you imagine how much worse it would have been if they had been cgi yeah, the cgi and this is really dire um yeah and like, they really gave me an appreciation for how much of a challenge it is to like act naturally against CGI. Cause like there are some scenes at the, like in the climax when someone is like, when people are like having to pretend they're being strangled by like a CGI tentacle and buddy, are they struggling with that challenge? Like, Oh yeah. Between that and the, again, the, like the fake Eric Wareheim guy having to pretend his arms are broken like while not having them in casts and just kind of walking around regularly. <laughs> really, that's, that's I get, apparently that's a tough one for an actor. That, that dude was what, struggling with that. What, 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 just to describe this to the audience, what he does is he just walks around not using his arms. You know what I mean? A, you know, you know the, the Seinfeld episode where they talk about how David Putty doesn't swing his arms when he walks? He's, he just constantly looks like he's carrying suitcases. That's how the dude acts out, like, breaking his arms. Yeah, yeah, having both of his arms broken. And then, hilariously, right, he just keeps, like, right, right, like, because he just keeps being, like, on the ground. And then the two other characters just keep picking him up 
by his supposedly broken arm. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, ooh, that stings. You know what I mean? He's not like, you know, shrieking as if his arms were broken. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They somehow gave him like a slight hairline fracture in both arms. You know? Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, oh no. And he's basically just like delirious from uh again, slightly broken arm from what I can tell. And he's like, yeah, it's it, it's it's like they're a play sword fighting and someone tapped him in both arms and he's like, Oh no, I can't use them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Um but yeah, no, yeah, I don't know. They save the day and it's fucking stupid as shit. And they write a comic book about it. And then they fucking, and, th- and then it ends with them uh, going to the Mountains of Madness. Um, which is so funny. Oh, my, go my, ahead. My favorite little, like, just, you know, again, this movie is slightly more professional than I was expecting. So you don't get a lot of the just, like, clear like oh this this movie was cheap as shit like fuck ups that, you, that i was kind of hoping for but one really beautiful one that you do get is one of the shots of them ostensibly like climbing a mountain in a in Antarctica is like them just clearly on like a hillside in like chicago in like january where they like they take a step and like the, you can tell in like the footprint they leave in the snow there's just grass at the bottom of it it's just a, that's a, a beautiful little fuck up it's i miss that actually that's so good that's so fucking good yeah yeah no it was the summer in antarctica yeah 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 no it's no uh, part of antarctica yeah. exactly yeah 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 no and, and and also like they're in like antarctica and they're just kind of dressed like Basically, like, they're going to, like, whitetail to go skiing. Yeah. You know what I mean, right? Like, they're in, like, they're in, like, normal coats. You know what I mean? With, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, a normal parka with, like, you know what I mean? With, like, with, like, you know, with, like, yeah, like, I don't know, like a Jansport backpack on. You know? You know, you don't need much in Antarctica. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of places to stop. Yeah. No, um, no, 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 but it is, I mean, and then, you know, it, it, it was, uh, I, I watched this for free with ads and I remember like seeing like ads and I was just like, that'll be fine. See, I, I had the opposite thing where I was like, I saw the free with ads option and I was like, I don't want to spend any more time with this movie than I have to. So I just, I knuckled under and paid a couple bucks to rent it. Um, so like, I just, I want to be done. Yep. Yeah. I, 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 this, this is far from the most painful movie you've assigned me. I was mostly just bored. Yeah. Yeah. This is one I watched while I was working and I was like, I got everything I needed out of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, like when I watched Caligari, I like paused my work timer and literally just sat there and watched. You know what I mean? Well, look- and also played them. Yeah. While looking at, yeah. While looking at my phone and forgetting that it's in German and also uh, silent. But yes, yes. But I tried. This one I did not try to watch. This one I was like, I, I get it. You know, I honestly thought about just pulling a Freddy Got Fingered and not watching it because I was like, I, I get the vibes. I remember. You know what I mean? And having rewatched it, I'm like, yeah, there was a few things I forgot in there, but really I probably would have been fine. You know, but the main, the main one, the main one, the main thing I did get out of it is 
how good a fossil of that era it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like it really is great for that. Um, I don't know. You've done talking about this movie. Well, I did say that I had a little, little treat for you in terms of. Oh, okay. Give me the treat. So in your, uh, Love, searching for Lovecraft films, did you ever encounter a little film called Call Girl of Cthulhu? So, not at the time, but in looking for this, I, I saw that. And, 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 and I'll be honest with you, I read the description and then immediately forgot it. So tell me about it. I don't know, any, I don't know what the plot is. I have not seen it, except for one scene that I am in um, because I, <laughs> one of my uh, one of my high school friends was uh, trying to get uh, an an acting career off the ground and was working as a PA when they were shooting this movie in like Frederick or something and asked a bunch oh. of my uh, asked a bunch of his friends from high school including me to come up and be extras in a scene um so you i don't think you can see my face i was playing like a cthulhu cultist and had like a like a hood on time but there is a scene of me and a bunch of my high school friends in like hooded cthulhu robes holding up a necronomicon um in a scene from the film Call Girl of Cthulhu, which I have never seen. And I am credited on Letterboxd. I looked this up. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I, I am not kidding. I legitimately thought about watching it afterwards just to check it out. And I was just like, I should probably work. But I'm 1000% watching that now. I mean, I need to watch it at some point too. It's 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 my starring role, you know. So it's my debut. Um, let's go. Let's go. We should have, we should we should get a bunch of people together and watch it. I don't know, that sounds fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. Yeah, is it any? Well, no, you don't know. You haven't seen it. I I can't say haven't haven't seen it, but my guess is no. It's not very good. Uh, just based on the fact that, like, you know. I'm credited as an actor. In it. it seems like it's probably cheap as shit and is more along the lines of what I was expecting from uh, Relic of Lovecraft, Call of Cthulhu's Heir, or whatever the fuck. God, now all I want to do, though, can I be honest with you, ever seen, seen Caligari, is all I want to do is make a silent movie. There you go. You want to make a silent movie with me? No. I don't Why? want to do any art projects for you. No, no, with me. Co, co. Do it together. Like we, like we do this podcast? <laughs> I was going to say no, but the answer is yes. What's it called? Oh, man. Oh, man. No, um, no, that's, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Is it the steam on this locomotive is run out? Yeah, we, we gotta finish up. But so let's move on to what, what we have been watching. You know what's my favorite part of this? What's your favorite part? Is when we end and then and then the zoom goes away and I see what time it is. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I can see it now. It's good. Okay, what have you been watching? Okay, so I mean, I've seen a million things, but there's only, there's only one that I really want to talk about. And I, I do want to talk about it because I think it ties into a lot of our, our favorite pet themes here. But uh, I, have, I, have, I have really been, been struggling recently, Matthew. I've talked to you a little bit about this, but I've been struggling with an overpowering and immutable need for speed. Um, you have. Yeah. You have. Because the only movie that I want to talk about right now is, is, is Top Gun Maverick, which, let me tell you, just, just fucking rules. Um, I think, like, a lot of our, our discourse on here between you and I kind of devolves into us beat, just sort of beating up on popular cinema, which I don't really... It's not a lane I feel entirely comfortable with because, you know, as, as evidenced by at least some of our episodes, like, like the Mad Max episode in particular, there's nothing I love more than just clapping my little fucking flippers together and being like, it looks cool. It's fun. Yeah. I love that. That's all I really want out of a movie. My yeah. problem is so few put in the time and the effort to deliver on what they should do. You know, there's so much yeah. mediocrity in cinema today you know we're just yeah we'll take the easy way you know we'll just green screen it we'll just have a little digital dummy guy that we can we can you know animate to do the stunts rather than having an actual flesh and blood human out there risking their lives for the art of cinema but there is one man there is a man who is willing to die on the set of his motion picture just to give you a slightly more realistic stone. That man is Tom Cruise. Yeah. Did you see the quote going around? I think it, I think it was in relation to one of like the Mission Impossible's or something like that, right? Where they were like, where they were like, like, like basically they were just like, all right, you know, right, and we'll just have like, you know, like a virtual Tom Cruise, uh, uh, you know, right? They, it was for the the Mission Impossible Four. The scene was like literally scaling the Burj Khalifa. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we'll just, we're, we're just going to have a, a digital Tom do it. And he started screaming like, there is no digital Tom. There is just Tom. <laughs> exactly. So, and he's like, what, 52 when he's doing that? Yeah. Actually hanging off the side of the Burj Khalifa. Um, so and cool. You know what? You can tell the difference. It counts for something. Um, he's right. Um and yeah. you know the, the, just in terms of like tom like that's there's another tom cruise quote that was going around where like um miles teller who plays like you know goose's son in top gun 2 was like talking about how 
he got this like weird rash halfway through production had to go to the doctors and they're like yeah you've been exposed to a bunch of like military chemicals that you were not supposed to because you've been flying around in a fighter jet for too long like there's literally like jet fuel in your blood right now like you're you should you need to take a few days off and like you know he took took a rest and recovered or whatever and then went back and was like kind of proud that he'd like done the tom cruise thing and like suffered grievous bodily harm for his art and like kind of like bragged to tom cruise being like hey you know i, I have jet fuel in my blood and apparently tom cruise just said to him without missing a beat yeah i was born with it but <laughs> He's the greatest living actor. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if that's true or not. I don't care. I love him so much. I don't care. I don't care that he's a weird Scientologist guy. Who cares? He's so cool. He's so... This is what a movie star should be. This is what a fucking movie star... No, because I was thinking about like you saying like we love to beat up on... And, and I think this is why we love to beat up on it. Is because staring us in the fucking face is a guy like Tom Cruise. We have seen... We have seen the promised land. We can see what we can do. And no, no, you have Chris Pratt fucking looking at a goddamn tennis ball. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. God. And you know what's the fucked up part? The fucking original dinosaurs were CGI and they looked better. Bullshit. Fuck you. Fuck you, Chris Pratt. Because, like, again, I'm not. I'm not opposed to CGI. I think CGI is a great tool. Like there's, yeah. there is a lot of CGI in Top Gun. But the thing is, there's also a lot of real fucking actors in real fucking planes, like actually experiencing like, you know, G-forces and shit. And you can tell when you look at their faces, that's a dude who's about to puke. Like apparently- yes. There was there was so much puke on the set of this movie because they actually had them up in fighter planes, like doing barrel rolls and shit, and like, you know, you and you can tell, like, not like again, it's it's just uh, like a fucking GoPro in the back of an F eighteen, trained on a like an actor's face in the back seat. That's the easiest shit in the world to just green screen, but like, just there's so much production value that you get out of actually having them experiencing that force you know because you, you can tell just by the lines on their face like the the fucking veins bulging that you can't fake and you get these little like um little gestures in the moment that you wouldn't get normally um like you know there are scenes of like you know you can kind of when he's about when he's like in the process of like making a turn you can see tom cruise like actually like punching up and bracing against like the force um and there are scenes like you get these like little subconscious gestures where like you know there's a scene where one of the like dudes in the back of an f-18 which i don't really know what those guys do it seems like they're just kind of there to like you know kind of be like the hype man um, <laughs> you know no 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 you know what i think they do I think they just look at the radar, I guess. But I no, I think I think what they do is I think one is like a pilot and one is like a gunner. And that's honestly, when I was a kid, 
that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to be a fighter pilot. I wanted to be a gunner because I was like so much easier. You're telling me I get to do, I get to basically get like almost like a quasi stolen valor and be like, I was a fighter pilot, but I'm actually having to, I mean, I'm sure those guys know how to fly, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I just get to kind of chill here and just go, you know what I mean? Whenever I got it with the bad guy, that's fine. Yeah, I can do that. But anyway, the, the point I'm making is, you know, this Sorry, is- Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 um, I, I brought it up. But um, where they're, you know, the, the dude in the backseat is like looking out, he's trying to spot like a, a enemy fighter that's on his tail. And he just kind of, as he's like craning his neck, he kind of like subconsciously like puts his hand on the glass which doesn't sound like much, but is the kind of like unconscious gesture that like you wouldn't think to do if you were just like sitting in a cockpit on a studio lot next to green screen. Like as you're like actually moving around up there, like it just, it gives it this level of verisimilitude that like you wouldn't get otherwise. And you know, what I'm, what I'm really saying is like, again, just, I, I love just, stupid visceral excitement i love that it's yeah so much of what's attempting that again is just chris pratt talking to a tennis ball in front of a green screen that like doesn't yeah um and you can tell when it's real you can tell when there's been thought and craft put into it like this is a movie that's actually been directed you know um and like i say all of this as someone who doesn't really give a shit about the original top gun like I've seen it a couple times. It's fine. I like it well enough. It's it's a fun, cheesy action movie. But like this, the the current one, I think is legitimately given. Like I I actually found it to have like emotional weight, um, because it is so clearly about like this is a movie about the subtext, which is almost text about like the end of Hollywood. You know, it is a movie about you know, Tom Cruise in like one of his iconic roles, like at the end of his career, you know, people are continually telling him, you are a relic. We do not need fighter pilots anymore. You know, the way that you behave, like, you know, you doing all of this crazy, crazy shit. We don't need that anymore. Like it's, it's no good for anyone. You know, we don't even really need human pilots anymore. You know, it's, we're, we're, we just need like drones who will obey command you know we don't need humans involved in this you know this will all be simpler when this is all fully mechanized you know because we won't have anyone fucking orders there won't be any messy human elements and you know it's which i mean is so clearly about you know hollywood hollywood yeah yeah and it's this like i don't know it kind of feels like i don't know a last hurrah in a lot of ways, you know, both textually and kind of for the industry, because like, I don't think we're, you know, it seems like the way the wind is blowing, we're not going to get a whole lot more movies like this. And like, again, it's not like, you know, it's not a, it's, it's, a, you know, a pretty fucking, it's a cheesy 80s action movie, you know, um, but like, given this kind of weird extra weight, just because of the sort of strange position it finds itself in like you know we're in this weird place where like it's like it's like a critical darling like people are pushing this as like finally a real movie just because it's like you know it's it's only a second sequel you know um, yeah 
like this, there's this weird phenomenon where like the standards of like what counts as like someone trying to make like an artistic movie like has fallen so low like there are people championing championing like the michael bay movie that came out a few months ago ambulance is like finally an original auteur movie you know yeah um, yeah so- but isn't michael bay doing michael bay shit yeah and like we don't get a whole lot of that anymore you know no yeah yeah and it's it's kind of exciting that like this movie has been like a huge financial success like my fucking teenager students who like have probably never even heard of the original all been talking about it. but like and i hope that like the lesson that will be drawn from it is like you know there's actually like a financial upside to craft yeah um but i have a feeling the lesson that will be taken is just people like legacy stuff you know yeah yeah that is god that is so fucking depressing but that is so probably what is going to happen you know because i cannot and that's the thing this movie was probably really expensive but at the same time too and that's been one of the funny things to follow on twitter is people being like did you know that the navy right gave them all this stuff and like helped them with this movie? it's like yeah dude no fucking shit that's literally happened forever you know what i mean yeah, the original Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, orig- the original is kind of one of the, like, earliest examples of, like, pure propaganda, like, where, oh. you know, basically pitched by the Navy and, you know, with them in the writers, in the writing process the whole way. Um, yeah. No, yeah. Saying, at least with this, it's all on the surface. Um, like, you're not fooling anyone into thinking this is, like, an objective, like, view of the political situation, you know. Um, but... Wait, is Val Kilmer in this? He has a scene. He's got a scene. Um, How do they do that? I mean, they just, they write it into the character that he can't speak, you know? Um, okay, okay. All right, all right. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm glad they did that for Val. Like, that is, yeah, yeah. Which is so funny, too, because, uh, but, like, this coming out did, like, show me so much of the history. Like, because like, I knew Val really didn't want to do this movie. Yeah. Uh, originally, because for kind of the same, but then he was unfortunately contractually obligated to, and then and then and then the one of the funniest things is finding out that like Tom Cruise wasn't there first, right? And that ahead of him they had fucking Matthew Modine. Interesting. Okay. I mean, yeah. When I mean, this is one of his like first big starring roles, so Tom Cruise, yeah, Tom Cruise yet. Yeah, no, 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 that's true, but, like, but, like, Matthew Modine, who at that point was probably most famous for Full Metal Jacket. It would not work. They made the right. No. And no disrespect to Matthew Modine, an actor that I like well enough, but. Oh, no, no. Matthew Modine turned them down. Yeah, Matthew Modine was like, no, this is clear propaganda. I'm not. Did you watch Full Metal Jacket? Is basically was his, like. It's like, they're like, that's not a pro-military movie. You know what I mean? This is Oliver Stone working some shit out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's a, that's a Kubrick, but... Um, oh, no. Oh, fuck. Is it? Yeah, Platoon is Stone. And Born... Platoon. Born, and Born on the Fourth of July with Cruz is also Stone. That's right. I think he, he made partially in response to Top Gun being like, you know, I should probably do something that's 
not just pure propaganda and shows a little bit of the other side like credit to Cruz like you don't see it as much anymore like he's definitely kind of retreated into just action mode but for a long time he was very consciously like seeking out big directors to work with and that oh yeah that kind of stopped when his you know he jumped on a couch and his public image blew up but you know dude dude obviously is like one of the like quintessential movie stars of yeah the age but also like has some acting ability oh yeah no no he is a good and 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 see and see and see and that's the thing because they're still good actors like they're good new actors you know what i mean right and 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 i think what gets so lost is this kind of just idea of like of actors that 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 actors are purely basically like artisans you know what i mean right that that they are specialized workers right skilled workers right and they are absolutely right but like but like to pair with that you need a little bit of fucking effort on the other side like you can't it doesn't matter how good an actor you are you're not going to be able to capture the the full range of emotion right if you're if you're if you're just in like a cockpit like mock-up on uh, 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 against the green screen you know what i mean like it 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 it, it uh, you know i mean like i don't know that i would say chris pratt is a good actor right but like i think he can be i think he's used wrong a lot of the time but he's yeah 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 i know no, and, and, and that's like i want to say he's a bad actor you know what i mean right um uh, but like but like it doesn't matter who you have in that role if you're talking to a tennis ball you're talking to a tennis ball and there are very few actors that could really capture that and and, and you're just not going to be able to capture that you know right and and, and that's like, i'm not saying that they should have like animatronic dinosaurs right but you know what i mean though right like 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 you need a little bit of effort you know on the other side, right? On the on the FX side here. And um no 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 and, and honestly I haven't seen it, but fucking what's it called? I, I, I'm hoping to. It's been, it's it's so good. It's like um you know I, I would say I think it is the there might there, I don't know I might be forgetting something, but I, I it might be the best like pure blockbuster I have seen since Mission Impossible Fallout. Like Cruz Cruz gets yeah. it done, baby. You know, he does. Yeah. He does. He's 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 a demanding fucking perfectionist, and yeah. still has the clout in the industry to like get that done. And there aren't a whole lot of guys who still have that. He's one of them, and they're mostly, you know, older dudes who are about to age out of that. Like, yeah, there are a lot of very talented people working in Hollywood right now, obviously, but there are a very limited number who still have the clout to be like we need to do it the right way you know um you got like cameron i guess we got yeah yes trailer for the new avatar is is out i guess it's 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 actually real um yep it's happening yeah yeah Yeah. but but and 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 i think on the other side of that like you know there maybe are people that could have been that but like they've been raised in this like it's so funny because you can't even say new Hollywood because that means something completely different. You know what I mean? Right. In this contemporary Hollywood, let's say, right. Wherein like, that's just not the norm. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, you know, I don't know who's like a young demanding perfectionist. Now, I mean, there, there are plenty of insane people. You know what I mean? Robert Pattinson is a, well, I will keep going back to as someone who I think literally could be like, like, like one of the greatest actors of our generation, given the right, you know, 
he's he's I think a truly gifted actor. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think, like, but you know, I think his career is going fine. Some of his accent works wonky, but he's 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 getting stuff done. No, it's a, one of the maddest I ever got on Twitter. Someone tried to argue with me about how his accents were fine, and I just I just I just legitimately saw red and just had to put down my phone for a second and then come back to it and be like, teach their own, you know. But um, here's here's yeah. here's uh, to provide a fair and balanced view. Here's what I will say about Top Gun um, on the other side. So the, I don't, I don't even really think this is a problem, but like the propaganda elements of it are insane and like very funny. Um, like it is, it is. Who are, they, who are they fighting? I mean, much like the, the first movie, it's not exactly specified. Um, like, did you, I, I only read recently, like the, in the first movie, it's actually supposed to be Libya they're fighting. Um, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's actually based on like a couple of real incidents um, with Libya, but like they clearly want you to think it's Russia. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in the very beginning, aren't those supposed to be Russians that they like flip off? Or am I? No, those, those are. Maybe. I can't remember. The, the dog fight is definitely supposed to be Libyan. The Libyans, yeah. But um, but anyway, in this one, I mean, it's it's very clearly supposed to be Iran. Um, but like Iran, that somehow has like fighter jets that are more advanced than ours, um, which they just kind of need to say so that it's it's like. A, fair fight i guess or doesn't just seem like we're just you know bombing a you know significant yeah. advanced country and it's yeah yeah it's gotta be some stakes um yeah yeah what are what 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 are fighter pilots actually do yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah <laughs> also like some of the some of this the there's a there's a little bit that kind of leaks in that like kind of makes you go hmm like they're using, they have to use F-18s to make the run rather than F-35s because they say our our advanced fighters, well, like would would this would normally do this in a cakewalk, but the enemy has GPS jamming that renders them ineffective. <laughs> like why did why did you make the plane that it if if like they just turn off the Wi-Fi they can't fly? That doesn't seem like a good good strategy. <laughs> But it's but it's so funny because I remember asking you about that, right? And then you're like, actually, it does come up. And I was like, it it is so funny that that is like the rake the U.S. military keeps stepping on, sideshow Bob style, over and over again. The F thirty five just being just 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 completely. And 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 I saw you had a tweet the other day that was uh, that was like, honestly, I fucking died at. We were just like. The DC Metro is so cool because it's the only public transportation system in the world where you'll see like ads for the F-35 because there's a slight chance that this actually might affect the F-30. Do you remember when, did you, I got, I used to get a bunch of targeted ads on Twitter for the F-35. Yeah, I got some weird ones for like in-flight refueling systems recently. Um, I think yeah. because I had tweeted about the F-35. I don't know. Their algorithm. Yeah. But... yeah. It's also very funny being in D.C. and like so many of the major sports teams are sponsored by like Boeing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, it didn't. Um, and they, they do get some nice like Lockheed Martin product placement in there. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, wasn't the F-18 made by Lockheed Martin? Am I crazy? Uh. I don't, I don't know, honestly, but it, it's not for that. It's no. some, you know, experimental fucking 
plane. I don't know. Um, that probably can't fly when it rains or something. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. It looks cool. I think that is true for the F-35. I think the F-35, that's like one of its Achilles heels is when it rains. Yeah. I mean, I, I know like not to play devil's advocate for a trillion dollar plane that can't fly, but like <laughs> I would imagine that like that was something like an issue that came up during the development process that I would imagine they fixed. I don't know. You, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Well, there's so many planes. Like I know, like the Osprey, which you know the Osprey, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is apparently also like like I think there's a whole Wikipedia article of just like Osprey incidents. Yeah. Which is just like they just keep killing Marines in that thing over and over again. Yeah. But uh, the, the... it's a cool plane. It's like a helicopter plane. Yeah. Um. One of the uh, so. Um, the other big criticism that I will level against it is that it is not gay enough. Uh, yeah. That, you know, um, so the subtext of the original Top Gun, other than you should join the Navy, um, is that it is about a film, or it's a film about a top who loses his bottom, um, but finds what he really needed, which was a rival top to push him to be all he can be and start World War III over a tugboat. Um, yes, yes. yes. the uh, um, current Top Gun, the subtext is only Tom Cruise will save America, but it will not let him. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. All, all sexuality has been purged from the film. Like there is a, a sex scene involving, speaking of uh, Jennifer Connelly, who's yes. still just looks fantastic you know not to i don't know i can't help myself she's you know i don't i don't care i'm gonna objectify her a little bit she's i want to be bad still yeah um, yep 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 she's gone from milk to mature and still looking great but the, the funniest thing about it is they kind of film it like a like a cialis ad where it's like two old people talking and then it just they kiss once and then it like cuts to them talking in bed again <laughs> oh boo yeah, yeah. boo uh, ah, hate that. But uh, but like even like beyond that, like there's no, it's there's really there's no all sexuality has been purged from the film. Like there is like a like a like sort of a, um, a scene that rhymes with the beach volleyball scene in the original, or like it's they're playing, but they're playing like football. But like there's there's actually there's absolutely no like homoerotic frisson to it. It's like, you know, just dudes having fun. It's set to like a fucking like foster the people song or some shit like it's 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 absolutely dripless um that's so upsetting yeah and so see see because i saw that they put at least one girl in the top gun academy was there just one girl one girl yeah 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 and and, and so when i saw that i was kind of like all right so maybe like like i was kind of hoping for maybe like almost like a starship troopers-esque like you know what i mean see they, they sort of walk up to implying a relationship or a past relationship between her and Miles Teller, but you cannot, because this is, you know, again, Naval Department propaganda, essentially, you cannot portray a relationship between two officers because that's, um, you know, that's prohibited. Like, that's why, that's why in the original, they keep emphasizing that Kelly McGinnis is a civilian contractor. That like they say that over and over again, and that was a Navy note because they're like she cannot. Everyone has to know she's not in the Navy because if she was, she could not fuck Tom Cruise. 
Yeah, that's that's actually that's actually brilliant by them because yeah, this is a recruitment tool. You know what I mean, right? And you can't, and that's the thing, right? Like you know, right? The message is no, you are not coming here to fuck the people you are here with. You are coming here to fuck other people. That's the promise of the military. Is mm-hmm. if you put on this uniform, women will want to fuck you, but not the ones in the military. You do not touch them. Does not matter, maybe how wonderful they look in those khaki yeah. trousers with their little hat. And uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to do a bit where I'm being weird about it. But yeah, you know, what's it called? Wait, did they have to wear skirts? Do they still wear skirts? No, they were in pants. They were in pants. Okay. That's so funny that for so long, like until relatively recently, they were just like, nah, women wear skirts, even though they're supposed to be like soldiers. Weirdly, uh, the Navy, weirdly conservative institution. Um, I know, weird. Yeah. What's it called? But that's the thing. You need the homoeroticism. Yeah. You can't, you can't, like, you can't have that much testosterone floating around without homoeroticism. And that's the thing. And people always get this wrong because they say gay, and it's not gay, it's homoerotic. Yes. Yes. You you need to be, yes, exactly. Yes, no. One is about pretending you're straight. The other is not. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so you don't get, and that is certainly lacking. But what you do get, um, in addition to genuinely some of the coolest aerial combat footage, like ever committed to film. You also get two great crusty old asshole officer performances out of John Hamm and Ed Harris. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You get um, Tom Cruise absolutely exploding an experimental plane, which is pretty cool. Um, you get, what else do you get? You get a lot of shots of Jennifer Connelly smiling like she wants to fuck, you know, maybe you. Um, God, can you imagine if Jennifer Connelly smiled at you? I, I would have to kill myself. I would have to commit something. Um, yeah, a, movie, a movie that posits, this is, there's some real great like boomer mindset shit in this. Like, all, all of like millennial like cadets that Tom Cruise is training are obsessed with boomer music, like The Who and fucking Fog Hat and Great Balls of Fire. It's 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 beautiful. Um, it's really fantastic. Um, <laughs> That's I don't know why that got me so good. I'm just imagining like. Like, if one of our friends was like, man, I love fog hats. <laughs> They've literally got a fucking, like, 28-year-old going to a bar jukebox, putting on uh, Slow Ride, and then announcing to everyone, I love this song. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my, oh, my God. You know what, though? That's almost more believable because, because, because what our generation does is we will hear, like, one song that our parents played, and then we're just like, I love this song. I know nothing else from the rest of this band but this song is oh but even like you know like what's it called that's oh that's so fucking funny god damn it great balls of fire is incredible because that's not even like that's that's like a regret that was old when they played it in top gun 
Like, exactly. Yeah. 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 Being being 28 and being wait, is that the is that the piano scene? Yeah. 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 Can you imagine? Can you imagine going to a bar and seeing someone our age playing "Great Balls of Fire" on the? Fucking <laughs> you, fuck! Like I would leave. I would walk out. Oh, no, no, no! You can't abandon a man like that. You have to call a social worker. <laughs> Something is amiss. Yeah, you'd be like, you're like, hey, this guy that thought um, the last Lovecraft called Cthulhu is in this bar, and he's having. <laughs> He's having some sort of episode. <laughs> but most of all, on top of all of that, you get a movie that is simultaneously like fucking rad all the way through and also like has this kind of weird elegiac undertone that kind of feels like you're watching Tom Cruise's death dream. Yeah. 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 That is beautiful. I, I, I do love how popular it is. I think you're right. I think it will just end up just them being like, oh, we got to remake fucking jingle all the way or some shit you know what i mean like i don't fucking know it's gonna be something it's gonna like there's gonna be so many weird left field legacy movies i think that are gonna come out of this maybe you know what i mean maybe we get a a hot shots part trois oh my god that actually that actually if they got current charlie sheen so i one of the one of the greatest like insights i have seen recently some dude on twitter pointed out that charlie sheen is just tom cruise without scientology which is actually legitimately i was like oh yeah you're right that's good yeah that's exactly what that is what's it called yeah no it's it's did you ever see hot shots uh the the original i've seen i have seen neither of them honestly really yeah oh fuck i I have to remember that, and you have to see them. Uh, no, but the, the original one is a spoof of Top Gun. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, yeah, and 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 just not nearly as good as Part De. Okay, like, I remember like loving Part De, seeing it like a million fucking times, and then being like, "Oh, there's a oh my god, yeah, I speak French. That means Part Two. Oh, that means that there was a first one. Okay, and then like watching it and just being like, man." My dad and I just remember watching it with my dad. My dad being like, "Yeah, I know it's not it's not as good, but <laughs> yeah, what's it called?" All right. Oh man! So that's that's Top Gun. That's all I want to talk about. What have you been watching? Uh, uh, hilariously, uh, uh, recently I've, I've watched two Wes Anderson films back to back. Okay. I yeah, yeah. I, I have one. Yeah, yeah you absolutely. I watched them of my own accord, sought them out, and was excited, and then tried to watch a third one. Then the only one I could find was Bottle Rocket, and 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 I've just seen it so many times that I was like, I've seen, like I think I've seen it within the last year, so I was like, ah, I don't need to watch this again. You know what I mean? But I thought about it like hard. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I watched first. I watched uh, 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 the Grand Budapest Hotel, right? Yeah, which which. I mean, and that's like Wes Anderson is. I think as a director, he is. And I love this about him is that he's one of these directors and there's a lot of directors like this, obviously, but he's like one of these directors that like, like when he makes a film, it 
like it, it, it is its own thing. Like you, like you're like, I am watching a Wes Anderson film, you know, you don't confuse it with anyone else. You know what I mean? Um, you know, like, like, you know, like, you know, which, 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 and I love his movies. Right. And I love the fact that he has this, like, you know, that he has this like stable cast that he puts in his movies. You know what I mean? If it, it, it's always, you know, like whatever. Like, oh, there's Bill Murray. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but it was the Grand Budapest Hotel. And, and, and it was, of course, like any Wes Anderson film, um, you know, uh, charming and, and very whimsical, right? And I understand it's, he's also one of those directors that I was like, yeah, I can legitimately see this not being everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, but like, I fucking love him. Um, you know, it was, I don't know, you know, it's just, it's really, it's, it's, it's nice. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's nice to throw on a Wes Anderson film and just kind of be like, I'm just going to be a huge fucking pussy for a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And they're cool. Like they're like, like it, 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 you know, they're like refined a little bit. You know what I mean? And, 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 and then I watched the French dispatch after that. And, and again, it, it's, it's, you know, he does these like, Things like there's a scene in the French Dispatch, right? Um, where you know, right? And I kind of loved the French Dispatch because, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like you've seen more Wes Anderson films than me, but I feel like most of his films, you know, they kind of follow, you know, like kind of like I don't want to say like a normal story path, right? But you know, but like a fairly straightforward, you know, beginning to end. What I loved about the French Dispatch was like the series of vignettes you had. Mm-hmm. right in in this one right you know which kind of i remember at the end kind of feeling like it ended kind of abruptly mm-hmm. you know um 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 but it, but, but, but it was good and it was an enjoyable experience and i loved the vignettes while you we were in them um i loved the one with benicio del toro yeah, uh and that, was, that i think was definitely the, the strongest of the bunch absolutely absolutely yeah and 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 and, and i love this scene in it um, where, where, you know, right. Where Adrian Brody is bribed everyone in the, in the prison. Right. And then like, you know, and then there's like the prison riot because the prisoner is like, where's our bribe? You know what I mean? And just, and just, you know, right. And, and that's the question is they're right. And they're funny. You know what I mean? Even when they're heavy, you know what I mean? Right. And, um, and, and like, and there's this scene, right. Where they're like depicting like the brawl. And, and what he did was he just has like all, all these people come in and they kind of like stage a brawl. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like he, right, he cuts back to it and, and you can tell like it isn't a freeze frame. You know what I mean? They're just all there, all the actors there. And they're like, you know, right. They have like, you know, like a club and they're just like holding it. And they're like this, you know, and they're kind of like moving a little bit because, you know, like, cause it's not a freeze frame. They're just holding position. Right. And it's like little things like that, that like, you know, that just like, you know, that like you basically only seen a Wes Anderson film. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it just feels very playful. You know what I mean? Even when, you know, you know, Benicio del Toro's character is a psychopath. You know what I mean? Who's like trying to kill himself with prison mouthwash. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, um, but it's just, it's just, I love them so much. And um, they are just, I don't know, you know, they always get me talking funny. I remember like I had like a call with, I, I like called, like my mom called me and I picked up the phone and I was just like, and, and I was just basically talking like a Wes Anderson character. 
And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Um, Cause I don't think you would say that I normally talk like a Wes Anderson character. Really? Yeah. Me? Yeah. But no, 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 no. But it was just, it was just lovely. And, and, and I was like, you know, maybe kind of want to rewatch like Steve Zissou and, 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 and even bottle rocket, you know what I mean? And, and is it bottle rocket or bottle rockets? Bottle rocket singular. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. And then, um, you know, right. And just, I, I, I don't know. It was very nice. And then, um, and then beyond that, um, what else did I watch? I watched something else. Um, I oh, and then um, and then today I watched or rewatched um, The Watchmen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or just just Watchmen, yeah. Um, you know, right? Which I remember being, I remember because like that came out kind of at like when superhero movies were starting to become like big right you know and it's such a different superhero movie because it's such a different ip you know what i mean alan moore is very different than marvel and um and i also thought it was so funny like i remember watching and that's like i like Watchmen. i like that movie you know what i mean i know not a lot of people do uh (laughs) But I enjoyed it, and 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 I just remember watching it, and I was like, "Man, I'm sure the comic book must be fucking awesome." Because if Alan Moore hated this, you know what I mean? And I'm also the man that watched League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and thought it, and was like, "Why did, why did, why, why did Sean Connery retire after this?" You know? Yeah, you have interesting tastes. I mean, I think his hatred of that, of all Watchmen adaptations, has as much to do with the fact that just he was kind of screwed out of the rights for it and doesn't get any money from it and just, oh is that why yeah i mean i also think that i just don't think he thinks it's a probably doesn't think it's a very good adaptation of it you know it's one of those things where like it's weirdly slavish while also kind of entirely missing the point at the same time um hmm. like you know rorschach isn't really supposed to be cool and Zack snyder clearly kind of thinks he's cool um yeah he's a little cool <laughs> He's a little cool. It, there's something very cool about just being a total psychopath. Yes, I mean he's. That's that's what I'm saying. He's he. You get a different sense of him in the book. Like he's, yeah. he's just he's not cool. He's just weird and fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and just and just I'm kind of pathetic. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? You know what? Though to, to Snyder's defense, uh, Rorschach is a little pathetic in the movie. I would I would push back on. You know what I mean? Right? He definitely he definitely like he's Zack Snyder cool. You know what I mean? Which is like not really cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, right? It's 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 trying so hard to be cool, right? When really, yeah, you're just a psychopath. You know what I mean? You're just, you're just insane. Um, and I mean, it's also, it's I, my impression of it. I haven't seen it since it came out. But my impression of it was also just, it's kind of overwrought in the way Snyder can get overwrought. Like the, like, uh, you know, everything dialed up to 11 stylistically. Like I really, the like them fucking to hallelujah. Um yeah. yeah that's that's kind of a moment and I've, I've definitely seen like snyder has his cast of like defenders among 
the yep, you're talking to one right now. I was, I mean, like among film people, um, which yeah, you're now a member of. Um, That's right. Like, um, who've been, you know, I've I've seen that because that 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 scene in particular was kind of a joke for a long time. I've I've heard people defend it as like, I mean, can you imagine anyone in a modern blockbuster or superhero movie in particular taking that wild of an aesthetic swing? Um, which is definitely true. It's a fucking choice. And you respect it for, I have to respect it a little bit for that, but you know, making a choice doesn't necessarily mean it was a good choice. I disagree. I think, I think, I think, I think fortune favors the bold and I think Zack Snyder is the boldest of them. There you Let's go. go. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's definitely overwrought and it's definitely like, you know, I think my interpretation of that was like, you know, like, like, you know, you had these characters who are like, you know, support, you, you know, supposedly supposed to be like, you know, the moral good in this like world where like, you know, there are no good guys. Like, you know, like the U.S. is just as bad as the Soviet Union. You know what I mean? Right. They all just want war and they all just are trying to kill each other. Right. And these are these supposedly like good guys who are like, you know, trying to stand against this. Right. But they're all, you know, but they're like, you know, but there's some sick puppies too, man. Right. But like, ultimately it's just like, no, they're just as stupid. And like, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, 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 like he can't get it up. So then like, they go like, they go like put on their costumes and like do, right. And do like a mild amount of superheroing and that gets them so revved up that they like fuck to Leonard Cohen's hallelujah. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that like get it for me. I was like, yeah, this is like, yeah, this is fucking stupid, but I love it. I love it so much. I love it so much, and I love and I love I love a man that makes a choice. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's just you know, I've read the book. I've seen the choices made better. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I didn't read the book, but I keep I keep telling myself I'm gonna get into Alan Moore comic books because. The way I look at it, it's probably a lot of pictures. So they do tend to have pictures in comic books. That is true. That is true. I think I'll start with From Hell. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Have you seen the movie From Hell? I have not. God, I love that movie. It's so stupid. Ah, man. But yeah, no, yeah, that's what I've been watching. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or next time, um, you know. Occasionally, usually we end up finding some sort of weird resonance between the two movies, like you know that we assign. I don't think we've got this this time. These are two very different movies. So I have assigned you uh, Wong Kar Wai's um, masterpiece of romantic longing in the mood for love, and yep. you have assigned me the Michael King gangster picture Get Carter. Um, yep. Well, we were supposed to do what's it called? Well, so we so these are themed, and they're themed for Rob, really. But I was like, no, I can do a theme. So he said foreign. So what what you're saying is we have a like a shared note where we sort of denote like what we're doing every month because you know like some months like October we do horror, you know December we tend to look at like blockbusters, but for even like the regular months just for myself I've broken them down into categories just so I can kind of diversify my picks. So you know mm-hmm. like for last for this month you know I wanted to do a silent for next month I had it like designated as a, you know for foreign films. 
Um, but that was just supposed to be a note for myself. But Matthew decided mm -hmm. you know, he wanted to play along and just decided that he can't think of any, any culture more alien than the United Kingdom. That's <laughs> <laughs> literally like, I was literally like looking at it, I was like, fuck, what's a Ford movie? Fuck, what's a Ford movie? Fuck, what's a Ford movie? Uh, 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 fuck you, get Carter. Fuck you, that's a Ford movie. They're foreign. They talk funny. They drive on the different side. It's not my problem. Also, also, it all takes, it like very little of it takes place in London. It's all in like fucking Newcastle. So they're talking even funnier than normal. So yeah. Also, also, it is so fucking cool. Yeah, it's, it's not what I've seen. It's been on my list for a long time. I meant to catch up with it before we did the Man Would Be King episode, but I just didn't have the time. Um, so I'm excited to have an excuse to watch it. Um, I've heard yeah. And, you know, just in terms of quality, I think this will be a, a strong month for us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We need to, we need to every once in a while have, have, have one where we have something to talk about for both movies. So, so stay tuned for that, I'm going to guess, five-hour episode. There you go. That we're going to do. Yeah. Since, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because usually with mine, we kind of just blow past the... You, you, you do the plot in like two minutes because it's like, all right, so we just can talk about how stupid this is. Just talk about some kind of like pop cultural ephemera related to it. But like, no, now we're going to actually talk about this movie. All right. Well, um, I imagine we will finish that recording at like 3 a.m. then. Yep. Yep. My favorite part. We're about to figure out what time it is. Oh, I know. Do you want me to tell you? tell me that can be our last thing so we're going to sign off here in just a moment but before that we are going to get matt's reaction to me telling him it is 1 40 in the morning <laughs> all right well that's uh that is our particular form of insanity um i don't know why we're doing this but i had a good time um so yeah, I had a good thought. Yeah, this rocks. This is, it's a practical joke we're playing on ourselves, folks, staying up this late. It rocks. I love it. Yep. I uh, yep. have been getting too little sleep all week because I've been trying to finish up so many things. And I'm probably not going to get a lot of sleep tonight either because I imagine this dog is need need, going to need to go out like pretty early in the morning. So, yep. We will oh, see yeah. How I function tomorrow. But anyway, yep. fingers crossed for us both. That's it for tonight. We will see you next month with In the Mood for Love and Get Carter. All right, good night. Gonna be a lot of irate citizens when they find out that they're paying for water that they're not gonna get. Oh, that's all taken care of. See, Mr. Gibbs, either you bring the water to LA or you bring LA to the water. How are you gonna do that? by incorporating the valley into the city. Simple as that. How much are you worth? I have no idea. How much do you want? Uh, I just want to know what you're worth. Over 10 million? Oh, my, yes. Why are you doing it? How much better can you eat? What can you buy that you can't already afford? The future, Mr. Gitz. The future. Now, where's the girl? I want the only daughter I've got left. She found out Evelyn was lost to me a long time ago. Who do you blame for that, her? I don't blame myself. See, Mr. Gibbs, most people never have to face the fact 
the right time and the right place, they're capable of everything. I can tell you taste like the sky cause you look like rain. You look like rain, 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 you look like rain.